The Simpsons' first episode, air quote, Peter Jackson's first cosplay-proof movie, and Hurricane Denzel touches down in theaters this week on 30 Oh boy, we need a new theme song. Welcome to 302010 because the 80s are out of here. Man, you got you got to check out the first 4 years if you want to get some of that. Actually, you know, we have the 80s. We actually have 80s movies until like March. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we have some holdovers. So, what will be the last 80s movie? I already know. Mm. See, that's a bit of a teaser, but uh, just to make it simple for you new listeners, all three of you, this show 302010 takes a look at pop culture 30, 20 and 10 years ago into the past. Um, in case you haven't listened in the last two weeks, we are full on 1990, full on 2000, and full on 2010. We survived Y2K. Ooh, we did. Yay. We did. We've survived the end of the 80s, and we will survive the boredom of the 2010s. This, mm. I can assure you. I'm just kidding. There's some good stuff right off the bat. Um, it's it's a more interesting decade than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with us? I'm Diana Goodman, and David Crosby is my sperm donor. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Sarah Interrupted. Sarah, oh, okay, good. We get to talk about that movie. Uh, but yeah, a bunch of fun movies coming out. I would say the worst period for video games of all time. Ooh. Uh, that, that, that rarely happens, but like, uh, not a lot of stuff releasing after Christmas. But mm. uh, I'll try and give you what information we can. Because, of course, we'll try and touch down on all your favorite movie releases, TV, news, uh, music, and, oh, man, one of my favorite albums comes out this very segment. So... Without further ado, let's get into our first segment. This is going to take a little while for me to get used to. 90s. The 90s has been our second segment for five five years? Five five yeah. seasons? Uh-huh. Uh, and now it is our first. Oh, you're, you're getting Starting old, too. Starting in the 90s. Uh. You're getting old, too, listener. Uh, and I'm going to hire my dad and his friends. They call themselves Romeos. Retire, retired old men eating out. This is what they what? do. Yes. Well, for lunch, <laughs> okay, everyone. Sounds, first of all, it sounds like a porn hub. Category. No, no. We all know from the Sopranos that old men don't do that. That's true. And, and especially old Italian men, too much pride. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, I wish we. I wish we, I want to do. I really want to do seventy, sixty, fifty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Diana essentially does that with classic corner. But whatever. We're, it's, we're, let's embrace the nineties. Uh, the internet seems big on that anyway. Don't yeah, but in Classic Corner, I only pick out good shit. Right. There's so there much terrible shit that's just stupid. You'll probably never hear Eric Roberts brought up in uh, Classic Corner. <laughs> but uh, no, no. no? Runaway Train. That's a good movie. Okay. Anyway. Okay. But no canon films. No canon. Fi- okay. No. Right, Kitty. Thank you for stamping that. Uh, 1990, a little bit of news to bring us in. Uh, telephone service uh, in Atlanta, St. Louis, and Detroit, including 911, goes down for nine hours. Uh, due to an AT and T software bug. Whoops, the Daisy. Yeah. Terrifying. So why why one ninety? That was the real problem, not why two K. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess it just it sounds more like uh, it seems a little early for people to be automating things with computers because mm-hmm. I was lucky enough yes. to be in the the gifted program and like our elementary schools did not have computers yet. So I mm-hmm. then the ones that they did, I just can't imagine them hand, handling telecom services for these major cities. 
Uh, we what? had Apple IIe's. Right. We had Logo. Right. What the hell was Logo? Well, was there a little fucking turtle like going around drawing a pencil line to all these phone services? I have no idea why they try this early, but AT&T, they're always thinking. A uh, little bit of movies, 1990. We're, uh, did I say that? We're discussing the week of January 10th to the 16th. Throughout three decades, mm-hmm. 1990, uh, 2000, and 2010, this being 1990, uh, January 10th through the 16th, Born on the 4th of July is still number one at the box office penis. Um, and, <laughs> yes. And, and I, love, I, oh, I loved looking into this movie, Oof. but it was the exact oh problem I knew I would have. Which movie is this? Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a South Park that like sends up these nobody's favorite USA up all night Ski sex comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that one throws in some better off dead, but uh yeah. Snow Patrol versus Ski Patrol versus Ski, ski Party. Versus Ski School. Ski School is another versus one. Versus Ski School. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ski School too is very good. <laughs> it's it's yeah. true. I believe Ski Party is actually a Frankie and Annette movie mm-hmm. where James Brown shows up and sings in an opera <laughs> ski, ski sweater and it's very strange. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Make sure to stretch. I'm James Brown. Yeah, uh, and you're like, uh, these worlds do not really overlap. What is happening? Yeah. Fun. Anyway, Ski Patrol is billed as from the people who brought you Police Academy. Ooh. I, I did that like tracks. just looking at the Wikipedia real quick, like how many names you couldn't click on because they hadn't done anything <laughs> else. I was surprised to see Paul Feig, honestly. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. right. Baby Paul Feig, and we got yep. Baby George Lopez. <laughs> yep, Baby George Lopez. And Baby Leslie Jordan. Yep. I know. And, and, I, and just because uh, doing too, too much research for such a stupid fucking movie, mm. uh, it, it's directed by a cast member of Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> Wow. That's there. Some out there for your mom to enjoy as far as information go. goes. Yes, uh, it was. Uh, he, his his credits are crazy because it starts with like the the die gel comedy hour <laughs> and then goes into <laughs> ski patrol. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I I know I've seen this. Okay, I made us watch like the first forty minutes YouTube? of it. Tubi, where's where's this at? It is on Voodoo. V U D U for free. Hey, um, and it is dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought it was at least going to be a little bit of fun. And by the way, we say a sex comedy. No, I didn't see yeah. any sex. Well, I, I didn't see any sexual 80s tension. Boobs. And you were watching yeah. it on some that? bikinis. They have some bikinis in the trailer. Okay. I didn't put any of the trailer in here because it's just people falling down, people knocking each Whoa. other over, and then like a pretty good snowboard trick, and then someone falls over. And, yeah. then, and then a stuffy old man saying, this is highly irregular. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. And, pretty much. Uh, and uh, next up is my f- introduction to this character, mm-hmm. uh, Leatherface. I, I, I now, just... is this going along with your... Yeah, it is. Looks like it's going along with you having the worst introduction yes. to every horror well, franchise. I, I, I don't believe I saw it, but like I never... Like this just... Like when you're a little kid and you go into theaters and there's a poster and something seems crazy, you're like, what the fuck is this? And I just started asking around like, oh, that's the third Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre mm-hmm. film starring Kate Hodge, Vigo Mortensen, and William Butler. And it's uh, widely derided. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't like any of those words. Mm-hmm. So Texas Chainsaws <laughs> or Massacres. The next one I think had, had Matthew cool. McConaughey and uh, Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I know Kitty. I love her too. I don't care how she looks. Uh, but yeah, I did not see. I, like I know I saw this a super long time ago, but mm-hmm. I love the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it is perfect. I do too. It is. It is still utterly terrifying. Feels like a weird documentary. The same way Blair Witch Project 
tried its best to be like Toby Hooper made a masterpiece of the original Chainsaw Massacre. Um, yeah. And everything else has been diminishing returns. And here we are now. <laughs> Probably another remake coming out. Speaking of diminishing returns, Anthony Edwards, no longer on the Revenge of the Nerds crew, uh, is teaming up with Forrest Down. Whitaker and Penelope Ann Miller for a movie called Downtown. Downtown. I was going to say Ooh, the downtown we got a thematic thing going. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Someone get Petula Clark in here. Uh, I have never heard of this, and I'm guessing... I have not either, but oh. I am very confused. <laughs> well, Sam said he's seen it a bunch, so I imagine it probably was on TV a lot during the early 90s. <laughs> you had uh, all the movie channels, Sam. Yeah, and that it's, it's a mismatch buddy cop comedy with Anthony Edwards as the stuffy small town guy on Forrest Whitaker as the guy from the mean streets. Mm. Those are two people I did not expect to see together outside of, I think there was an arc on ER. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I think Forrest Whitaker showed up on ER. And it's Maybe. Like, it's anyway. like the opposite of the types both of them would go on to mm-hmm. play forever. Like Forrest yeah. Whitaker is the dignified, slow speaking, mm. methodical man. And uh, Anthony, anyway, it, it, uh, I've never heard of this downtown. Here's a TV commercial. Sergeant Dennis Kirk, a downtown cop, whose greatest threat back off isn't in the streets. You're under arrest. It's his new partner in the seat beside him. This man is barely smart enough to keep the seat warm. Downtown, rate it off. Start Start Friday. Uh, Of course it does. Never heard of this. Let us know in the comments. Uh, the website's back and ready to receive your uh, recalls. Um, so do that there because I would love... Nothing cheers me up more than someone having a fond memory of something oh, we yeah. completely shit on. Yeah. Su- <laughs> such- the more tangential, the better, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, I want a very thin thread between the movie and the story you're about yes. to tell us from when you're in middle school. <laughs> right, That's my fave. Right about the time Anthony Edwards got I'm hit not. in the nuts with a Nerf gun, my parents told me they were divorced. Yeah, and yeah. That kind <laughs> That's of stuff. stuff. I love want. that shit. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and speaking of stuff I've never heard of, again, I, sometimes I feel like Richard Gere has been a movie star in an alternate dimension. I'm just mm. taking everyone's word for it. <laughs> I like Primal Fear and not another thing he's ever done. Uh, but he is a movie star, I'm told. And he was in a movie with William Baldwin, Laurie Metcalf, uh, the wonderful Laurie Metcalf, uh, Nancy Travis, Andy Garcia, uh, and of course, Mr. Gear, King Gerbil in Internal Affairs. No target is harder for a cop than another cop. If we blow this, you're dead in the department. And there's no cop smarter. We spent over 300 grand the past 18 months. Sexier or deadlier. Kill her. Come on, kill her. Than Sergeant Dennis Peck. Richard Gere. You're going to jail! Andy Garcia, Internal Affairs. Can I trust you? Of course you can trust me. I'm a cop. Rated R. Starts. Why this title was not as clever as I thought it was going to be. So this is the American version of <laughs> Departed. The Hong Kong movie, right? No. No. Infernal it's Affairs. It's not Infernal not Affairs. In- mm-hmm. Well, right. I That's feel like a real ding dong. You y'all. do. Did the wrong research. I surely did, but I did see this movie. Mm-hmm. How? Um, Why? Where? Uh, this is kind of right up my alley. Is it? Yeah. And Sam's too. And I liked it. I'm going to say. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty great. It's- Pretty good. Yeah. It's a good gritty cop thriller. Richard Gere plays a terrible person. Very bad guy. <laughs> really going outside the box for him because mm-hmm. I mean, spoiler alert, we got pretty women in like a couple weeks. So this, I'll watch this it for is, the first time. you know, and he's always been like such a good guy. He seems so nice or whatever. He's trying so hard. And here he is just 
just the worst. Yeah, he's, he's like doing like his every own... bad thing a cop could do. It's like the shield. Uh, it's like oh, training yeah. day or Richard training day. Mm-hmm. He's so bad. Okay. He bad. And where does where does uh, Aunt Jackie fit in all of this? Oh, she's so good in this. Of course she is. I love her so much. <laughs> yeah, she, she just plays the best tough talking. She's Andy Garcia's partner, and she plays a lesbian, and she is just the best. It's like who you would want as a partner, basically. Mm. She doesn't take any shit. She's here to back mm-hmm. you up. Yeah, no job. And she's yeah. cute yeah. as can be. Mm. <laughs> and that about... Yeah. Oh, I, I love, though, that like every review of this has to mention, like, this is pretty good. Why is it coming out in January when everything sucks? Yeah. There's, like... like I, I know why. Every review, I read like three or four different reviews that were all about like, well, this January is usually pretty terrible, but mm. this movie's really good. I know everybody, why. it has a bad title and Billy Baldwin. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Mm. Well, and there's nothing remarkable about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it could be an episode of a cop television program. So the remarkable thing it's... is Richard Gere playing against type. I yeah, guess, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Internal affairs is yeah. It's, it's pretty light, good. It's a light recommend. Okay, yeah. so it, now that we're, get, we're getting out of the... That's the movies, if you're just that's listening it. for the first time. Uh, nothing super classic that we'll have a prolonged conversation about. But uh, the TV gets immensely more interesting. Most notably mm-hmm. with the host of SNL this week, musical guest Harry Connick Jr. And uh, your guest, Ed O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Which mm. I, I hear is... He's in a Wayne's World sketch, which I'm guessing is how he ended up with... One of the greatest cameos ever... <laughs> in Wayne's World. It, it is so That's good, true. his cameo in that movie. And he was a huge star at the time, but I was watching more SNL than I was Married with Children. Um, it is also Fox's first guest host of SNL. Oh, he, has to, he has to make wow. a giant announcement like, if you don't know what the Fox Network is, because not everybody has it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's, wow. it's, it's a very strange introduction. He's like, I, I believe, I'm going to paraphrase his monologue. It is online. You can see it on NBC.com that, uh, no, we're not honoring a uh, 40-year-old cameraman. I am actually the star of a television show. Because <laughs> he's concerned people might not, know, might not know who he is. And Ed O'Neill, just where we stand now, like he is always and forever Al Bundy, but like transcends that as well. Uh, he's been in Modern Family for at least oh, yeah. the same amount of time, but th- there was rumors that he couldn't be in dramatic shit after this. Like, during- yeah, he tried a couple things, and mm-hmm. I thought there was there was a rumor that during a focus testing, people laughed at him walking through the door in a serious movie because he was just uh, yeah, wow. no sex peg uh, guy, and uh, and and so this I thought was really funny because. Uh, they have Dana Carvey and Jan Hooks interrupt the monologue when he mentions it's great to be here at SNL. He's like, we find your show disgusting. Uh, please do not <laughs> – Married with Children, Just it's controversial now for different reasons. But like considering that is like the dirtiest thing on TV is I mean, very oh. strange. Oh, yeah. It was definitely – I remember growing up being like, oh, you watch – like when kids in my elementary school were talking about it, I'd be like, yeah. wow, your parents let you watch that? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, but it – but it was, and like the audience yeah. response is very real when you watch Married with Children. And it just seems baffling in a world where Family Guy airs on Fox like two nights a week and is one of the dirtiest things on network TV. I have mm. no idea how they get over that <laughs> shit they do now. Uh, but, but yeah, filthy. Filthy. Uh, and a special guest interrupts the monologue to uh, tell Ed O'Neill not to associate him oh. with uh, Married with Children. There's another special significance to my hosting Saturday Night Live because... For the first time, a performer from the Fox Television Network has been invited to host Saturday Night Live. Fox has taken some flack, and 
We've been the brunt of a lot of jokes, but I think this shows that Fox has arrived and it's going to be here for a long time. Hey, Marty Kovitz from Turn Affair. This is a fucking applause for Maury Kovitz. That's wild. More people know about him than Ed O'Neill. How's Connie? Connie? Connie's fine, fine, Ed. But, uh, uh, Ed, uh, look, uh, if you could possibly downplay your association with Fox, we'd really appreciate it. Because, frankly, uh, a lot of us at Fox find, find the show sickening. It's sophomoric, it's, it's crude. You know, it's, it's just a lot of third-grade bathroom humor, you know, things like that. And, and it's hardly representative of the quality programming of Fox. Okay, yeah. I mean, we've got the guys at the reporters, you know, they're busting their yeah. butts. Yeah, I know. Uh, the kids at Jump Street, yeah. you know. Uh, and of course, I mean, myself and the great staff at A Current Affair. <laughs> he throws out the sound effect. It's wonderful. I'll do it again for I'm sorry. Otherwise, hey, I think it's going great for you. All right, thanks. Well, see you later, Mark. See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty funny. Wonderfully dated. Like, yeah, uh, wow. The idea where, where Maury Povich had more class. Yeah. <laughs> He's wanting someone to not go too far. Uh, Maury, also one of those dudes who looks exactly the same. Is, Has not, not changed the way he looks. It is not fair. He was an old gray man yep. 30, 30 years A ago. A dignified looking, dignified. you know, pretty handsome. Mm-hmm. Yes. And still is. Yeah. Wow. Copper Fox. Uh, and, and on the 14th on ABC, we have a TV movie, Jury Duty the Comedy, preemptively distinguishing what? itself from the Pauly Shore movie. Yeah. <laughs> but this it's one's also funny. known as the Great American Sex Scandal. Which is a great name. Ooh. This is a wild TV movie starring Bronson Pinchot, Madgen Amick, Madgen Amick, and Stephen Baldwin, among plenty of others. Another Baldwin! Yeah. <laughs> All right, we almost have Baldwin bingo. Let's see if we can do this episode. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fingers crossed for Daniel. Sunday, it's Balky's day for foreplay. He's oh, a Jesus. And a sex machine. You're Jorge Jimenez. Ever had a real man? Plus a schnook and a beauty queen. They're all Bronson Pinchot and Jury Duty the Comedy. Sunday. That looks like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Bronson Pinchot plays pull, several Eddie different Mur- characters. Pulling an Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Even though he's just barely been in one Eddie Murphy movie. Apparently the story is that uh, he plays a accountant, sort of nebbish accountant, mm-hmm. who is accused of embezzlement. And then when his secretary uh, gets up to testify, she's apparently quite the sex pot. And that causes all the jurors then to go crazy? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's... Can you imagine, goofy. ladies, in the very 1990s, goofy. this is this is our this is our Lothario. Yeah. Brad Pitt hadn't, been, hadn't mm-hmm. come out yet. Yeah. Bronson Pinchot, nope. that's all you had to stroke to. Um, <laughs> yes, Valky, uh, mm. everyone, and uh, and then finally on the fourteenth, um, a very notable thing for me because uh, I always explained it as I I wasn't reading the trades. The Simpsons Christmas special was a weird thing that was advertised during Fox cartoons. Oh my God! There's a cartoon and it's kind of adult. It blew my mind. And during the promo for the rerun, they're like, "And guess what? This is a 
this is a series. And I'm like, what? You have to be kidding me. I'm taping this because I was so excited to see it the first time. Uh, and there'll be a new series airing in three weeks. And uh, we have our first episode of The Simpsons. And if you know your history and you listen to Talking Simpsons, um, the Christmas special was seventh in the production order. So this is, I think, the second episode they completed. The th- mm. last episode of the season is real rough. But there's a big transition between the Tracy Ullman shorts and this, and there's still a weird gradient. Not everybody has the right voice or the right hair, but we're still getting, like, crazy Simpsons introductions this far in. And this is how long the show is. This is the first time, this is the first time anybody ever heard. The intro is not on the Christmas special. So this is the oh. first couch gag. This is the first yeah. uh, chalkboard gag. Wow. And- Wonderful Danny Elfman score. Exactly. Ooh. And by the way, I don't way, think people people have, are so used to hearing it over and over and, and remembering, you know, the intro that you don't just listen to it as a piece of music. Right. How, good it is. how fucking what a wonderful yeah. piece of Danny Elfman music it is. There's and like, so much going on. And I love how, it. How, like how it sets the tone for exactly what The Simpsons is. And but like you didn't hear that yet. You haven't. We haven't heard yep. that in a month. Uh, in a month of knowing about The Simpsons and, of course, three years on the Tracy Ullman show. But it is uh, – I'd like to emphasize how long the show has been on because the debuting this week is Martin Prince and Edna Krabappel, two characters with dead voice actors mm-hmm. as of right now. R.I.P. Rusey Taylor, we lost recently, and uh, Marsha Wallace. But I think – they retired Krabappel, but I think Martin Prince lives on. It is also yeah. – uh, it is also – the debut of a Dr. Pryor, a very Mr. Burns-sounding Harry Shearer character. That'll tell you the, the premise of the episode. Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, this is our district psychiatrist, Dr. J. Lauren Pryor. What do we need a psychiatrist for? We know our kid is nuts. Oh, on the contrary, I have some very exciting news for all of us. This aptitude test we administered this morning has revealed that the young Bart here is what we call a gifted child. A what? Your son is a genius, Mr. Simpson. Bart? This lunkhead? Impossible. No, no, we're quite certain. The child is not supposed to know his own IQ, of course, but uh, you can see it's beyond the range of any doubt. 912? Uh, no, you have it upside down. It's 216. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 216. Uh, but just watching this, like, not only the Simpsons has it come really far... It's really crude. Mm. But what mm-hmm. I always like to implore people to watch the first season, even though it's it's no one's favorite because it's finding its legs, it is still leaps and bounds ahead of every other comedy on television, and it knows where it wants to go. It's just dealing with the Rugrats people and their animators, which by the time they figure out they've done certain things wrong, it's too late to change <laughs> stuff. All the walls are the wrong color. Millhouse's hair is the wrong color. There's a lot of pe- yeah. like things in this episode that... like will never, ever come back. But it is the debut of uh, Eat My Shorts that oh. is said here. Ooh. And if you were living around... Like, I remember the, the, the writers uh, would say... And John Vitti wrote this episode, by the way. It's his, it's his first episode of many. Um, that The Simpsons' success was instant. And this mm-hmm. the first episode being about Bad Bart uh, really drove it home to kids my age. We wanted to watch nothing but more of this. And this is way, like, so, like, I think Bart sort of dominated the first two seasons as a result of how popular the children's wear was. And, uh, yeah. dishing out catchphrases. But this episode's fine. Um, yeah. it's, it's not one of my favorites. You might remember Bart turning green. Uh, yeah. it's one of the surreal things I, feel, I remember. I feel sort of, uh, DR cubed about it. <laughs> and, and, uh, I feel. R-D-R-R. R-D-R-R. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I, yeah. I don't I, know what that means. It's a reference to this show. It's Sarah. a oh, show where, sorry. yeah, the gifted school, they give him a math problem. It's like, I think you'll find it has an amusing answer. And it's DR cubed because mm. that would be RDRR. But yeah, I remember this. This is mm-hmm. one I didn't tape, and it's, it took them yep. a while to rerun it because I don't think they're very proud of it. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 the show, it it resembles the show the least out of like three episodes mm-hmm. from the first season. But I, it's not bad, and it's still like seriously, we're in a Full House world where Married with Children is like considered a stain on television. Uh, <laughs> it, it's this is this is good, and it's worth rewatching for Simpsons completists out there. But it is. More animated than than you ever remember seeing The Simpsons. Like, look at Homer's face just where it's oh, paws. He, it's he so will mushy. never make that facial expression again. Yeah, and it's all it's like a it's very mushy. Yeah, but I, I encourage folks to check that out and uh, check out Talking Simpsons if if you have the, the wherewithal. Uh, but what what do we do I have? Some missed stuff here. We have this some so missed confusing. stuff because I was looking at American television and I forgot about British television. We actually have two pretty good debuts in 1990. Uh, one that fewer people, I suppose, would know about uh, is One Foot in the Grave, which did run like on PBS here in the U.S., but not as much as some other stuff. And uh, it's about a cantankerous asshole. Yes. And his, and his long-suffering wife. It's, it's really, really, it's a lot of fun. But the one that has something for everyone is we're like a month or so since the end of Blackadder. And Rowan Atkinson is already back with a new show, and it is the polar opposite of Blackadder. Blackadder oh. is historical jokes, buckets of dialogue, and he comes right back with Mr. Bean. I didn't Ooh, know. 30 years this week. I didn't wow. know that was the order. Like, he did Mr. Bean after people knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to do basically a silent show. It's only fi- There's only 15 episodes total. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, One Foot in the Grave ran six seasons, ran all the way to 2000. But Mr. Bean, there's a couple short little bursts, and then every now and then he'll come back, and you know he did a movie or he's, he'll do a little short here and there. A couple but... movies. He's in a Chinese movie as of like three years ago because of a divorce. It's it's a funny wow. story. Like he, yeah. <laughs> I'll never do this character again. I've been divorced. Who's going to pay me oh. the most to be Mr. Bean? And it was China, yeah. and he's in a Chinese movie, like an all Chinese language movie as Mr. Bean. Well, uh, yeah. and I will call there's Mr. Barely any talking. Yeah, so I mean, it's fine. I'll yeah. call Mr. Bean one of the world's most perfect comedic characters. If like. I love it. I mean, I remember watching it growing up with my very Anglophile aunt. Mm -hmm. So Anglophile, she married a Scottish man. (laughs) So quite literally. Aye. Good for you. (laughs) And so we watched. I'm in love with Sarah's aunt. If your husband's not Scottish, he's crap. (laughs) (laughs) So we watched a lot of British television, and Mr. Bean was always in the rotation, and I love it. Well, I, I think that's the weird thing. I didn't see Mr. Bean until I think four to five years later on HBO. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it never ran on PBS. I don't. I mean, I wasn't watching Maybe not PBS. In your, yeah. For some reason, where I was in PBS, it ran late at night. Yeah. Hmm. Like. Like, why is this running late at night? Kids should love this. It's it's for everybody. I I mean, there's some jokes that are a wee ribald. But, yeah, it was like, is this for stoners, maybe? Because, like, late night, Mr. Bean comes on. I I saw it. I remember I woke up early on one of my first hangovers, Mm -hmm. I think, in, like, 1995. (laughs) And then, like, turn on HBO in the morning. And I was so amazed by the episode, I ended up describing, in a pre-internet world with no YouTube, I was describing, yeah. you gotta see this! He was in church, and he almost fell asleep, and then he ate some gum, and he almost blew a guy, and then he could try to change his bathing suit outside of his clothes. It was astonishing. Yeah. And 
Then he almost yeah. ran over a car. Like Mr. And, and, and I've, I've every I've been to four different countries, foreign language countries that can just watch Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. It, like, yeah, it can, can air with like almost no changes. It's beautiful. Love Rowan Atkinson. I hope he never dies. Yeah, he's the best part of love, actually. And the Lion yeah, King. He's the best <laughs> part of many things. Many things. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, of course, like, everyone, there's something for everyone. You know, is he going to get a giant turkey stuck on his head? Sure. Is he going to try to move a, uh, try to buy a new chair and move it with his tiny, tiny little old British mini? Sure. So he just <laughs> straps, straps the chair to the top of it and sits in the chair and drives the car from there. Is he going to set an alarm clock where uh, a water hose wets his feet so he can get up in the morning? Like These are all things that like little kids and adults can all giggle at. Uh, yeah. it, it's a wonderful it's show. It's always impeccably timed yeah. and so good. And so many times, just when you think the joke is over, then there's just something more on top of it. I, so good. Let us not oh my for- god, if you have not seen Mr. Bean, please go watch the original Mr. Bean. Let us Bean. not forget his rivalry with the blue car. I just That's one of the things <laughs> I love. Them. I, I don't know what car that is, but it has three wheels and he runs it over every time in a <laughs> stupid fucking vehicle. It's a Robin Reliant. I did Thank not know you. those were real cars. I thought it was like a gag. Like, oh, this is a failed car from the 60s. And then when I went to the UK in like 94, 95, and I saw one, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and people were like, yeah, no, it's it's a shitty car you can use it to go to the market. It tops out at like fifty five miles an hour, and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, take my picture with it. Do not take a turn at fifty five miles an hour. Oh my God, Oof. that thing will tumble. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and little three wheel cars—they're made out of plexiglass. They're adorable. And it's at this time I got to remind you we are uh, we are sponsored, not sponsored, but brought to you in part by patreon.com slash laser time, supporting the whole laser time network, Vigium Apocalypse, the show Laser Time, which is really fun this week because you guys are both on it. Uh, we're talking about the best movies of the year, TV to come. But we, did, we, we do a full look at the video games with the Video Game Apocalypse crew. Um, we have a, a November and December one up there right now. And I'm saying that because it's 1990. I wanted to blow your mind with new video game stuff. But it is hard to track the dates of such things. And it looks like there wasn't a lot out there I could see at a glimpse or confirm. But it is interesting in that we are officially in the fourth generation of game consoles everyone wow. uh, only nintendo is the holdout in terms of 16-bit uh we have portable machines for the first time for well not for the first time but the first time it matters like the game boy the cd is coming as is 3d and uh what do you wow. call it so did cds go to game consoles before they went to music uh yeah, that's an excellent question, D. I, I don't... Yeah, because CD... I guess are about the same time. I'm thinking, like, when is the first time I remember seeing CDs is 91, 92? So, like, not yeah, in, I guess they're, they're sort of rolling out. Not in my house, but I also had, like, a douchebag uncle. So I know his sob had, like, a like a hilarious $700 mm. CD player in it. Um, but yep. we, we were, like... Oh, actually, computer. you know what? I remember watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when you see the yuppies set up. They have, like, a fancy CD player right. that is gigantic. Oh, right. yeah, so that's true. We must have CDs already. Never right. mind. That's what, that's what Clark throws, it like, an icicle in from the gutter, right? Right. Like, hits it right in the CD player. <laughs> oh my god, that's like $3,000 worth of damage, my poor CD player. Meanwhile, I threw out four CD players yesterday. <laughs> to sit down, I had to shove aside two. Uh, but yes, uh, but it's a, a great time to be alive as a gamer. It's very, very strange. Like uh, Nintendo has caused such a splash that every Japanese company is after that Apple. And uh, except for Apple, and uh, and yes, but 1990 music time. Um, Another day in paradise by Phil Collins. 
is still number one. Think twice. Just think about it. That's mm-hmm. that's like the sound of my first boombox. Was like the <laughs> awful sounds of that song. I never want to hear it again. Uh, but we also have new releases. Pale by Toad the Wet Sprocket, a wonderful Monty Python reference and a band I don't hate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And RVS Three by uh, Ricky Ricky Van Sheldon and Oh boy! Ooh. Ooh, wow! One of the every most... nerd, yeah. hug yourself tight because yeah. it's here. Right, every nerd's favorite album. <laughs> it is you know, as I keep introducing it when I when the playlist comes up in the car. The Vagina drying sounds of ain't my vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> Undanceable. Does not put you in the bone zone. Nope. No, lady. No. A lot of ladies don't like it. It just seems weird. If it does, like you it. should probably not be having sex. Like, if you want to get down to Particle Man. Yeah. Odds are you'd fucking Elmo toy. Please see a professional. Uh, mm-hmm. But Flood is a fantastic album where everything is good and weird and, 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 and equally yes. great. Uh, it's so good. You might remember the logo from the background of Clarissa's room in the mm. first two seasons of Clarissa Explains It All. Uh, or maybe you introduced to it on Tiny Toons a year later. Uh, that's where I was introduced to They Might Be Giants. Uh, the guy, Dave, Davey P., who just requested my friendship today on Facebook, gave me the album uh, in 1990. Wow. And then, like, do you like that Tiny Toons thing? Here's the band, and I got in like, wow, there's all things that sound like Particle Man and Istanbul. Uh, I really, really like Flood's not my favorite, they might be Giants album anymore, but like it was yeah. groundbreaking in their breakthrough album. Uh, like, totally. it, yeah. like it was all over the place, major record deal. I love they might be Giants so much. I might have seen them more than any other band, wow, other than bands at Warp Tour. Like, I, <laughs> I, I never asked to see the Boss Tones that many times. <laughs> Um, Nobody has. But they might be giants. I've, I, they're my first show, and I've gone to see them a billion other times. Uh, and I love Flood. And Diana had this big debate uh, in the notes, like, what do we close out with? <sighs> I weighed in on mine just because, like, uh, it's an excellent song. We would usually karaoke it mm-hmm. um, in San, That's true. San Francisco. Uh, it's I love Birdhouse in Your Soul. But yeah, I'm, I do, yeah. too. <clears throat> yeah. I have to vote for that one. Yeah, I find, I know some people like Particle Man because it's so weird. I find it really grating and annoying. And it was like, besides Istanbul, it was the second song of theirs I heard. And I was like, why? Why? Why do you love this? And then I heard like the rest of the album. like, oh, okay. If you... Yeah, Birdhouse in Your Soul, wonderful song. If you saw Particle Man debut on Tiny Toons, Istanbul didn't matter. There's a wrestling cartoon where Plucky Duck fights... Triangle Man and Person Man. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's better than the society deserves. All of these songs remind me so vividly. It's like so nostalgic for me going back to high school. So I had a cool friend who had older sisters. So she knew all the cool music. And she would make me mix CDs and just drive around my car listening to these songs. Now, I've never heard the whole album because when I was in high school... It was just mix CDs. That's all we did for each other. So yeah, I've got, I've heard all these songs, just not in album form. Oh, I think that that's the experience. Uh, minimum of a lot wage. Of I say that all the time. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, it's a song that's easy to know the lyrics to. Mm-hmm. Minimum <laughs> wage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love this album. I can. I never. Notice I've never recommended an album to any of you because I don't consider myself a music expert. But if you want to know me a little better, listen to Flood. Okay. Because that, that, like the next three years, I had that on repeat. Uh, yeah, I love Flood. And we'll close yep. out with Birdhouse and Your Soul. We'll be 
gotta get used to saying this. We'll be back in the 2000s. We already did the 90s. Oh, oh, not to put a fine, finer point on it. All right. You can hurry in the alley by the light switch. Who watches over you? Make a little birdhouse in your soul. Not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet. Make a little birdhouse in your soul. While you're at it, keep the nightlight on inside the birdhouse in your soul. Hi. It's me, Diana, and thanks for listening to 302010. I hope you're enjoying the show. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up in 2000, and also 1990, 2010. I think it's better than 2009. So did you miss a name of a movie that we were raving about on 302010? Because we've been trying to get better at saying the title more than once, but if you completely miss the name and you want to find the movies we're recommending, you can check out our new profile on Likewise, likewise.com slash 302010. Likewise is an app that helps you find movies, TV, books, podcasts, even restaurants that you might like based on things you already like. And in the case of movies, it will tell you where you can stream them right now. That's probably like the big sell for me. I like anywhere where they will tell me where I can stream things because I will open up like seven different apps trying to figure out where it is, if it's HBO or Amazon or Netflix or whatever. So having one place that says, hey, you want to see this movie? Boom. Here's where you can see it. And also, here's other movies you might like based on that. It's all based on people's recommendations on Likewise. You could even recommend 302010 for your friends and family because you're super plugged in like that and people are always looking for new podcasts. Uh, you can download Likewise as an app or use it online, just on the web. Likewise app is at the Google Play Store. It's at the Apple App Store. You can check out all of our recommendations. We got a bunch of lists, including Classic Corner, which has more than 200 movies, all of which come with my stamp of approval at likewise.com slash 302010. That's 302010. Okay, back to the show. In 2000, for the second time, with Christina Aguilera, What a Girl Wants, finally Ooh. toppling the reign of Smooth so sad. by Rob Santana. <laughs> it is over. We will, we will oh, never have to I play. I to play Smooth to celebrate. What did I do wrong? It's a bummer. We'll never have to play another Santana song. Who's a guy no, I don't hate? Oh, Maria. <laughs> we have one more coming up. Oh, no. this motherfucker off the one. same album? Not Maria Maria. Same album. Oh. It is. Oh, I can't stand Maria. Ah, it's it's a song sorry. That references the band themselves while they're playing in the song and whatever. Christina Aguilera, thank you. Thank you. Yes, our Thanks, our second, third, fourth Disney Channel. S- yeah, is yeah. InSync happening? I, mean, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, InSync is yeah. happening. Yeah, and this is her second number one. Mm-hmm. I think this is all off her debut still. Oh, that's right. mm-hmm. Bottle yep. is still out yep. there. Yeah, and uh, oh, that's, thank God. But no more smooth. You'll never hear us bring no it up again. More mm. smooth. But the other new releases are just like the ocean under the moon. Uh, <laughs> that they are new and uh, permanently by Mark Willis and uh, this present darkness by Chimera and uh, the screen behind the mirror by Enigma. Which never forget, according to our shame songs, a band that makes <laughs> Brett want to be a better person. 
Love that man. Um, <laughs> and listen to a lot of Enigma while trying to bone. Oh, boy. It sucks when you only have the Sliver soundtrack. There's a couple of rock songs in there that really throw the mood up. And uh, a little bit of news to ring you into 2000, January 10th to the 16th. Uh, Rolling Stone reveals that the two children of Melissa Etheridge and her partner, Julie Seifer, were fathered by David Crosby. I remember this was such big yep. news. It was strange. It and is it's, it's so strange, strange that I remember the pictures in the press release. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just him standing yeah. next to the two of them and like, what the fuck? He is such an old crank. I just can't. Crosby? Is yes. he a bad dude? <sighs> Like, not a great... Not a Gilliam crank? Let me just put it this way. I heard him on WTF a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and he spent time talking about how much he hates rap music and how it's not real music, oh. except oh. for the one guy he likes. Can Easy you guess voice? who it is? Uh, Eminem? Worse. Oh, uh, shit. I don't know. Macklemore. Oh, he's fantastic. That guy's good. No, and when he said that, I was like, oh, Which no. Which is weird, because oh, they have no. the opposite haircut. <laughs> I just remember, like all all the boomers just went. I mean, a lot of people just went, "What?" But all the boomers went, "Are you shitting me?" They went crazy because David Crosby had a long history of addiction yes. problems. Yeah, so much that he needed a liver transplant. Yeah, I know little about but him they, other than being a, a habitual drug they user. They wanted someone with a musical background, which is. Can can you imagine? Okay. Can you imagine Ugh. being so famous that your baby could be fathered by a musician you like? <sighs> I mean, that's pretty cool. I'm saying as a man, I guess you ladies can figure it out for yourselves. <laughs> I like, mean, you know, couple yeah. security guards, you're backstage. We could go figure nuts. it out. Go nuts! But I like, don't know what the security in is terms like of a lesbian a couple, Macklemore. but like, like <laughs> she got to pick the guy, like, yeah. and it was her yeah. hero, and <laughs> that's really neat. I think, yeah. uh, I think, and what, I don't know, and, and, and sort of like, I hope he's a good dad. I hope he's there at Christmas, not knowing where he is. Mm. Oh, pissing himself off. I think that kid probably where. has to get in line, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and, okay, are you ready for Weird Trivia Corner? Please. So, Melissa Etheridge's partner that she had these kids with, they broke up, actually, not a long time after, but um, before they were together, Julie Cipher was married to Lou Diamond Phillips. LDP? What? Who is in a movie that we're about to talk about? Whoa! So she My was. My mind is blown. Was she Julie Diamond Cipher? That's a really good name. That is a very That's good a, name. Oh. Um, Jesus! Now we have to talk about this fucking movie. Now we have to talk about that movie, and oh. it sucks. It really does. Uh, welcome to a movie starring William Wilson Cruz, the dearly departed Robert Faster, a uh, beautiful man. Um, what I see someone write about him, the man with the light behind his eyes, uh, Robert Foster. Oh. Uh, Julie Cipher. No, no, sorry. Reading the wrong doc. Uh, LDP, Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Peter Fasanelli. I'm doing a yeah. horrible justice to my people. Uh, Angela Bassett and James Spader. You know a movie starring James Spader in 2000. It's going to be great. Uh, it's not Event Horizon. And it's not Sphere. <laughs> it's it is, really not. It is Supernova. <laughs> Emergency distress signal received. Medical rescue vessel Nightingale 9 just saved this man's life. His bones are strengthening themselves. But something got to him. You've been playing around with this thing, haven't you? First. Oh, my God. In the farthest reaches of space, something has gone terribly wrong. Supernova. 
supernova. I I I attributed this to one other thing on 302010 because I'm not sure. But as a little boy reading every movie review he could get his hands on, this is where I learned about January being the dumping ground for movies mm. in regards mm-hmm. to Supernova. Like, because every intro is like another January, another piece of bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, here we are, Supernova. Yeah. yeah. Tell us so, more. Yeah, it's pretty much the same as Event Horizon, as the, you know, something. Something, something, deep space, something, something. Now it's killing people, <laughs> or but it's not like an alien, you know. It's like some something worse, transdimensional or whatever. But the backstory on this one is what I, I want to watch that movie. I want to watch that movie because this is directed by Chris, one of your favorites, Walter Hill. Uh, yeah, terrible. With his name taken off of it. Wow. Oh. All right. So that's a bad sign. They couldn't use Alan Smithy because Alan Smithy become popularized. They had to go for something else. Um, so they had a lot of problems and every version was not working. Walter Hill ended up walking slash getting fired as is often the case. And then they bring in no less than Francis Ford Coppola and spend a million extra dollars trying to re-edit it into something else. Going so far as to take a love scene. Release the Walter Hill cut hashtag. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They take a love scene with Robin Tooney and Peter Fascinelli and they, Swap digitally try to swap faces around to turn it into James Spader and Angela Bassett. Robin Tooney, you might notice, is white, and Angela Bassett, you might notice, is black. <laughs> Not with a lot of shower. That is fog. wild. All right. Yeah. I mean, why don't and I just masturbate it, on my own? I, what do I need you for, movie? Jesus. Too much work. Yeah. And then it like sat on a shelf for 18 months, something like that. It finally just got dumped out the wikipedia article is obviously written by someone who really cares about these things because there is long explanations about deleted cuts and deleted scenes and what cuts are changed and uh how come Uh, here it says it's named george and here the computer is named something else and in this scene where they go to the moon is there something else comes back and it's shot a different way and it's like all of this for what is really bad event horizon and event horizon is already not a good movie <laughs> it's a lot of fun be careful Diana. i like it. no i like event horizon it's a good b movie but then the extra weirdness is that was the tv ad the original trailer i remembered as being the trailer for event horizon yeah and i found it and it is a comedy <laughs> <laughs> all right so you're telling us there's a tonal shift and how this is being marketed yeah <sighs> oh get ready everyone I've gotten out of worse situations. We'll get out of this one. When you said you've been in worse situations than this, when was that? Ten minutes ago when the ship was falling and the engines cut out. If you can't stand the heat, oh my God. get out of the universe. something for me Supernova. Oh my God! The pull quote from that yeah. "Go see Supernova." <laughs> Hash, Mama told me. Um. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I love using "Mama oh told me not to come." That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I'm I'm embarrassed for like I, I was yeah. I was I was in Disney World over the break with uh, younger people, and Diana, mm-hmm. I had to try and explain. That MGM used to be this film dynasty, and this is where we watch them die out. <laughs> that, that during our lifetime, yeah. MGM has been a Bond company with a lot of embarrassment. Mm. Um, and yeah. 
And oh my god, this now I'm reminded by it because this uh, there's an MGM.com thing now, like a uh, fucking dot com websites are attached to every trailer now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, That's Supernova, shocking. and I know people well, listening have thoughts on Supernova. I want to hear them. Yeah. And if you'd like to have more thoughts, you can find Supernova almost anywhere that they stream movies. By the way, yeah, yeah. cost shit. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. No one is defending this one. Um, wow. I, and, and, and I'm suddenly placing where I am mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was forced to go away to college for a little bit. And I messed it up. I had a oh. weird argument with a dean, like out of a movie. And he said, okay. <laughs> and I didn't know. I'm like, oh, I guess that's the end of that argument. And I wasn't invited back to Flagler College in St. Augustine. But I saw both these movies in the theater there. Hmm. And... Yeah. Um, during the semester, which I guess I just started. Huh. Yeah. Sorry, that's what the show does. It's doing it for yeah, me now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot I spent a semester abroad mm. uh, as opposed to my alma mater, University of Phoenix Online. <laughs> uh, promo code. No. Because uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's crazy. This is like yeah. the fucking dirty dozen of ladies you recognize on film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, oh, man. If this movie ended with them going to fight Nazis, this is <laughs> like a guerrilla squad. How do I get a time machine to make this happen? I want to watch Girl Interrupt the Nazis. I made fun of this endlessly in the house that I had to watch it over and over again in the cableless household with this DVD present. This is an excellent mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. love this movie. Yeah, it's great. Um, Elizabeth Moss, Brittany Murphy, oh. Anka Hank, um, Clea Duvall, yeah. Oscar winner Angelina Jolie for this reason, mm-hmm. uh, and Winona Ryder. And, and Whoopi Goldberg. And Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, and Whoopi Goldberg. In Girl Interrupted. She was in a place she didn't belong. Why do I have to be in a mental institution? You chased a bottle of aspirin with a bottle of vodka. I had a headache. <laughs> she had a spirit no one could control. One step and I'll jam this in my aorta. Your aorta is in your chest. Good to know. Their only way out was each other. Let's go. Winona Ryder, Golden Globe nominee Angelina Jolie. Girl Interrupted. Rated R. Rated R. Girl Interrupted. This is a great mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah. And- I, I had never seen this. and I watched this last night. Oh, and really? I... Was quite taken with. I have a couple complaints. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, some about Angelina Jolie's character, and I was worried about them. And then, as we get to the end of the movie, I feel like okay, they're sort of addressing them, but sort of not because her character is a sociopath, mm-hmm. which means she can never be trusted, and she has no one else's interests at heart ever. Mm-hmm. And I liked sort of at the end when Ona Ryder has been trusting her this whole time, and terrible things happen. She finds like I, I don't trust you. I was mm-hmm. like, thank you. Yeah. She told you she's a sociopath. Yeah. I found it yeah. interesting that one of the first diagnoses of Winona Ryder is borderline personality disorder, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I've done some reading on borderline personality disorder, and I don't see that. I see that almost as mm-hmm. more of Angelina Jolie's diagnosis, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Winona Ryder, she's just depressed. She's just very... <laughs> Very depressed. Yeah, so but, we should say what this movie is about. This yes. is the pinnacle uh, of Winona Ryder, though. I, I think. I think yeah. she has her pixie haircut. Yeah, she never had mm-hmm. it again. Yeah, and uh, yeah, gorgeous. <laughs> I've always loved Winona Ryder. Oh yeah, yep. But uh, it's about uh, Winona Ryder's based on a memoir. Mm-hmm. Winona Ryder uh, is a in a fancy upper class family in Boston, and she mm-hmm. is incredibly depressed. 
And so she is sent to this institution where she meets all the other girls with lots and lots of problems. And it's, it's one of my favorite, my favorite genres of film that I'm sure never hold up, but mental institution mm-hmm. movies. Mm. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's like prison genre. and summer camp rolled into one mm-hmm. and um, almost every time. Fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, I, but well, this n- one, I mean, on where obviously you... watching this, I could not stop thinking about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest right. and mm-hmm. how some of the time Angelina Jolie is sort of the McMurphy. She's the one who's rattling the cage and shaking things up and saying like, don't listen to them. Listen to what's inside. Be free. And he realized, but she's wrong. Mm-hmm. She's not McMurphy. She's wrong. Mm-hmm. She's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting character study, too, of Winona Ryder's character. Because she is mm-hmm. the protagonist. And so we are really just following her for the most part. And, like, one part of me just wants to be, like... I, one part of me wondered if part of the point of this movie was her going to this mental institution and being, like... Oh no! There are people here who have much worse mental issues than I do, and I need to mm. buck up a little or whatever. Which, but right. then, or on the other hand, it's also a very serious. I guess part of the reason why I'm a little conflicted too is that they, I don't see them really treating her depression really. No, she sh- just goes there for mm. a rest, basically. Yes, and and to observe everyone else, it would seem. Yeah, yeah. And- mm-hmm. So I, I, mean, that, I but that's what I'm saying. Like, do like a montage of everyone therapy, here so. in, this, right. in this in this podcast and listening knows more about mental health than it's the person so who wrote this movie. Yeah. And like, mm. that's going to be the same with every movie set in an institution. Well, and especially during the time period that the movie yes. is set. Oh, yeah. that's right. It's like late so, 60s. Yeah. I forgot about I think that. that's it's a period movie. The bigger point, yeah. <laughs> oh, so many periods. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think that's the bigger point is that at that point, we just didn't know what to do with people who mm-hmm. had these Especially issues. you shrieking ladies. I know. I mean, God, if I had mm-hmm. a pad itself for you, she just wants to well, talk. Yeah, that, and that was one thing I was thinking about is like all the different people, you know, in this ward have very, very different issues mm-hmm. and sort of like... They sh- maybe shouldn't all be together. I mean, we've got a couple people with yeah. eating disorders, one who's a lesbian, mm-hmm. and that might just be the only thing wrong with her. Uh, and Angelina she's who's a sociopath. Yeah. Baby. yeah, I liked her too. Um, and, and Winona Ryder, who just seems to be clinically depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Moss just seems kind of impulsive. Well, we never really Not get really to sure the... what's wrong with her. I mean, there's some trauma there, and we didn't know. Yeah. I mean, and Clea Duvall's story for how she got the burns, she then follows up by saying she's a pathological liar. So who knows if that's the real story? Mm. Yeah, she's definitely emotionally stunted in a way, probably because of trauma. Mm-hmm. It's a real. There's a lot going on here, for sure. And yeah. I, I don't mean to say that, oh, well, Winona Ryder's depression, her character's depression is nothing compared to what these ladies are going through. That's not what I meant. I'm, if, I didn't mean to make that point. What I was saying is that, you know, it was – she needed a little bit more perspective, I feel yeah. like, and that was part of mm-hmm. the story, her growth. I, I forget what you call that kind of character, the one like, I'm not supposed to be here. Everyone else is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you eventually figure out, mm-hmm. this is why you're here. Mm-hmm. I need to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This way you're here. Uh, this is true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was I was surprised in in a weird way. It sort of fits in with the rest of these 99 movies that we were talking about, but they were all about men. Mm-hmm. Of like, you Ooh. have you have no obvious problems. Why aren't you happy? Mm-hmm. Like Fight Club or Office Space or American Beauty. But we finally get like a lady perspective of like she just doesn't feel like she fits in. She just doesn't huh. know who she is, and mm-hmm. she doesn't understand like 
what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to go to college? I don't want to. I want to be a writer, but I can't write because I'm depressed. And mm -hmm. This is not ah. Reality Bites. You promise this isn't Reality Bites. Well, also there was a big oh, deal that. made. Of, <laughs> me too. There's a big deal made about how she's so promiscuous. And that was mm -hmm. one of the right. reasons that landed Three her. partners? Are yeah. you crazy? It was, and, and that yeah. was a Dude, big she part is, of it. She boinks circa 99 Jared Leto. Mm -hmm. Let's lock her up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We no one will bone Jordan Catalano on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, goodness. I, I love this movie. It's good. It's uh, really and, good. and the way you just I described really it, Diane, I feel like it, it, I don't know. I wish it came out in 1999. We could like hold it next to those <laughs> movies a little easier. I believe technically we can. it does. Yeah, we can. It's just held over to wide release in January. It's part of the same, the, the zeitgeist of what's going on. A bunch of people who shouldn't have any problems and... Mm -hmm. aren't happy and and also deeply. much like those boy movies that we just talked about i think a lot of women looked at angelina jolie as a potential kind of a hero a tyler durden without understanding really much about her character yep a tyler durden i was going to compare to brad pitt and 12 monkeys but that's tyler durden's way better yeah 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 plus i yep. want all of winona writer's uh outfits <laughs> This, a lot They're of good really outfits. Cute. The wife beater, chief among them. Winona Ryder knows how to rock one of those. Yeah. Um, a lot of good outfits in this movie. Whew. Yep. And ah, uh, Brittany Murphy. Right I after know. we talked about her passing and me saying, like, dude, she she could have been nominated. If she were still alive, she'd probably have an Oscar nomination or two by now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She is so good. I love mm -hmm. her. Her character so good in this. is wow. Very, very very complicated mm. her character yes and i actually yes. in preparation for the show uh grabbed the book from the li local library and read a little bit of it and you know usually i am the the book is better girl and i'll be saying mm -hmm. that in the year 2010 um segment but in this case i think you're fine just watching the movie it's a pretty straightforward memoir mm -hmm. and i feel like the movie does it justice pretty well so yeah I'm always a fan of reading, but you don't have to read the book on this one if you don't want to. All right. And if I need to further sell this to dudes, it's directed by James Mangold, who directed Logan. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there you, you go. go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he did. Yep. The Unforgiven of Superhero Movies. Very good. And mm -hmm. you can find it on Crackle. And I looked him up. He's not the uh, bad Hollywood James, which I... Was no, that's Toback. That's the we one don't I, like Toback. I was initially thinking of. Uh, so yeah. don't worry Mangold about it. Mangold is cool. Mangold's cool. Uh, you know what's not cool? Because I, I remember seeing this movie. We all went to go see it, um, mm -hmm. thinking our little collegiate minds would be blown. The Hurricane. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, it was when I discovered biopics are terrible. Mm -hmm. Like we have one of the, the world's <laughs> best actors in the universe and made a three-hour movie, which would have been better served by any kind of documentary or podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we have Dan Hedaya, your uh, low-rent Robert De Niro. Love mm -hmm. that man. Uh, oh, my God. Is this a real name? Yeah, and he's in a lot of the movies, so give the man credit. Then uh, you say it. All right, uh, Vasellus Rayon Shannon. No, I meant Denzel Washington. Oh. Washington. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, John. A <laughs> no, never mind. Leah Shriver. The Hurricane, ladies and gentlemen. Here comes the story of him. He had power that could not be matched. Courage that could not be shaken. I will not wear the clothes. A guilty man and a spirit. We gotta take it to the federal court. The judge is gonna throw it out. That could not be broken. Then we transcend the law. We get back to humanity. Golden Globe Award nominee, Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor, Denzel Washington. The Hurricane, rated R. Now in select theaters, check local listings. 
Oh, I should mention the reason we're getting all the Golden Globe things in the ads is those are next week. Right. Uh, so these things are all coming out with the nominations already out. So, yeah, they're going to play that up. So, The Hurricane. The story of, <sighs> uh, what's his name? Shit. Uh, let me get my Ruben Hurricane Carter. Ruben Hurricane middle Carter. white champion of the world, sort of. Um, yeah, this movie's way too long. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it is a solid two and a half. And it softens history so much that it starts with a disclaimer. It's not at the end credits. It starts with the disclaimer, which is usually how you know when the best Law & Order episodes are coming on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a big warning when you're watching a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I jokingly may have said that about Man on the Moon, that the song is better than the movie. But mm-hmm. in this case, like... That's true. Bob Dylan will tell you the story of the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's much more uh, digestible than the movie. It, it, seriously, it's a yeah. long song, too. It's like a six-minute song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yep. and, and, and it hits all those beats in way less time, in way less overacting fashion. I hate this fucking movie. Mm. Yeah. I, I finally watched it, and I was pretty disappointed. I mean, Denzel's amazing in it, of course. Mm-hmm. And he's... During the early scenes where, you know, he's uh, coming up as a boxer, he's like the most ripped I've ever seen him. Mm. So a little something for thirsty ladies. That's cool. <laughs> but then a lot of it is about that's like the f- the first half of the movie. And the whole second half of the movie is the, the fact that he was convicted in a triple homicide that he almost definitely did not do. So um, they depict it as way more cut and dried in the movie. It's they said he definitely didn't do it. It's all racist cops did this to him, but it's like, you know, it's more like 90% he didn't do it, not 100 Anyway, um, so these Canadians, including this teenager, like, get together and they try to get him out of prison because he'd been in prison for 20-something years uh, for a crime he almost definitely did not do. There you go. But it is save two and slow. And a half hours. Yeah. Mm. It's slow. It takes too much time. It meanders a little bit. Um yeah. This is a, a DVD it. that I got from the library that <laughs> almost every day for the past week I've been telling Sam, okay, we're going to watch The Hurricane tonight. And then I just keep mm. putting it off because I knew it was going to be long. I knew it was going to be heavy. Yeah. And I just did not end up getting to it. Well, it's not heavy enough. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't well, know. I feel like subject matter is heavy. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, lot, yeah. I mean, it's about like lot of racist acting. cops and, mm. uh, you know, the the – under underclass in the, uh, the the penal system and stuff. But, okay, besides Denzel being ripped and him obviously being really good, but he's a kind of good that he's in better movies this way. Mm-hmm. But it does have the fun delight of Clancy Brown as a prison guard, but a good, nice prison guard. Sweet as hell. <laughs> like one year off of Shawshank Redemption. It's very strange. Wow. He's like so nice to mm-hmm. him. <laughs> okay. And just like, Ruben, could you do me a favor? Could you stop threatening them? Come on, please. Hey, hurricane, Come me on. and a couple fellow fuck sticks got a bunch of beers and left them on the roof. You want to go drink them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a second. Clancy Rogers like, oh boy, here comes, here comes the beating. Nope. Ruben, please do it for me. <laughs> I, oh, I, I remember finding that very bizarre, actually. Yes, that <laughs> it's this same character from Shawshank Redemption, but have, having had an epiphany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to come to Jesus, and now he's a nice guy. That was pretty funny. But yeah, overall, I'd say The Hurricane was it was a big no for me. It was... Mm. I hate it. Don't watch it. Uh, no. You're free to watch the number one movie at the box office. Mm. Uh, Surprising number one movie at the box office. Yeah, I guess so. Because they, uh, uh, 
the original movie was a kind of a slow burn. I discovered it mm-hmm. on a bootleg cable box. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's like, from '95, yeah. so it's been a while. It's been a minute, and mm. like uh, it, and home video really sang the praises of Friday, uh, and yep. and Chris Tucker and Ice Cube's Friday, written by DJ Pooh. I love saying that, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> featuring uh, Tom Tiny Lister, Tony Lister, yep. uh, John Wh- John Witherspoon. R.I.P. R. R. John Witherspoon. Even though always this, so great. This is not his most dignified role. But it, it does take the funniest no. aspect of the previous movie, needing to take a dump, and stretches it out into a whole film. That, oh. That's all his character wants to do, <laughs> is take a shit. Uh, Don D.C. Curry, uh, Tamala Jones, Justin Pierce, Mike Epps replacing um, uh, Chris Tucker and Ice Cube. And next Friday... Now, Craig, it's going to be different living out here. Don't let your uncle or your cousin get you into any kind of trouble. I'm beginning to like Rancho Cucamonga. Daddy, Craig's here! Boy, you looking good. Why don't you give your auntie sugar some sugar? Damn! You see how we live? We live wrong. You're five pounds lighter. We live wrong. Oh, I yeah. still say when I leave the bathroom, <laughs> don't go in the, no one go in the bathroom for 35, 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> so John Witherspoon, we just lost uh, the the, uh, the, the mid-quill of the Friday trilogy. It's <laughs> only three. The <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, last being a Christmas movie, which I sh- should have done a show about. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, this is not great, but it's fine. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I don't know. I, I it's can't. It's wackety schmackety. Come on. I can't say anything good or bad about it, but because uh, the original Friday is such a classic, and moving the location, even being a precursor for the Boondocks. Uh, I, I, oh yeah. I, I yeah. Watch the original Friday uh, before you see this, and if you want more, there's more. Good for you. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about the next Friday. Yeah, I feel like if you haven't seen Friday, then you're not going to like this as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that, a, a lot of any affection I have for it is carried over from the original uh, for the characters. But yeah, I mean, it's mostly just like, oh, these like weed smoking hood guys are now they're in like the suburbs but next door, some like Mexican gang members, but it's also the suburbs. Wackiness mm-hmm. on oh, this one bitch. She pregnant. She crazy. <laughs> yeah well i mean to be fair it's pregnant it's very are. silly it's silly okay and it, yeah what is this what is this 2000 okay 2000 yes okay no I, i'm sorry my, my i'm still thrown off by uh by this, this should be the next segment um but yes and this would all lead to dj poo riding grand theft auto san andreas <laughs> really <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, and there's a, there's a ton of DNA in these movies. You can kind of find brought up more seriously and more ridiculously mm. in GTA San Andreas for real. Moving into 2000s, uh, the 2000, sorry, 2000, um, the 10th through the 16th. Oh man, I remember this movie because it was the. I think is this the last reunion of the Estevez bros? Uh yes. Mm, might. No, it was it was Sheen and Bobby because like Emilio Estevez, I guess, made enough money in the eighties. Doesn't really just fucks around when he wants to make something, and yeah. and he wanted to make a movie about these two porn gurus with mm-hmm. him and his brother. Uh, it, I call it Men at Work Two, uh, <laughs> Men at Work Two, but rated X. I have to imagine this is only on YouTube because this uh, they were they were hyping this as a 
Boogie Nights esque, yes, uh, yeah. with mm-hmm. a lot of naughty footage in it. But uh, yeah, Charlie Sheen and the U.S. of S. Rated X. What would you say if I told you that we could make a fortune? I mean, a fortune working with naked women. So you wouldn't even have to pay me. <laughs> Their business was pleasure. Live sex. Girls doing weird things. Kinky stuff. Different rooms. Sexual theme park. How about a new car wash while we're at it? Their movies were legend. Action! It's called Behind the Green Door. It's like a silent picture throwback. It's really a great acting role. Oh, my God! Looks like Behind the Green Door could take it anywhere between 30 and $40 million this year, guys. <laughs> They're lying. <laughs> so I know I saw this, but like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, this is a true life story of... Two brothers yeah. who made it big yep. mm-hmm. in porn. Prawn. Um, one of the biggest porn movies of all time, Behind the Green Door. Mm-hmm. I don't really yep. know much about. Me neither. But... Is that anal? No, that's... Um, yeah. No, it can't be. Jelly Green Giant? No. Mm. No, no I, I don't know where the green door is. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Well, it's, it's the song that they're singing about in Once a Time in Hollywood. Oh. On uh, Hullabaloo. There you go. He's singing about porn. Okay. Sounds good. That's a really weird and complicated reference, I'll but yeah, it. the song is called Behind the Green Door. They sing it on Hullabaloo. Hmm. I don't know what the hell it has to do with porn. I just well, find that funny. It's a true story based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, they're yep. portraying actual people and their yeah, lives. It's slowly. the Mitchell brothers of the famous Mitchell brothers of Feral Theater in beautiful Mitchell. San Francisco. <laughs> a cop yelled at me once because I was standing near it. He thought I was a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> What, what were you I was really just coming out of a concert. <laughs> and there were other prostitutes around, though. I just wasn't one of them. Yet. Oh, man. Yet. He was trying to keep him I, being I recruited. still plenty of time. Well, Podcasting's no business for anybody, by the way. I'd much rather I mean, be a sex worker. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie. The story is uh, much crazier than even they can show in a, a Showtime movie. The Mitchell brothers got... Up to some crazy shit. And uh, here's a plot twist. One of them, the one played by Charlie, had drug problems. No. But they both I wear know, sick, right? sick bald caps. Well, I, in but terms then... of the, the, the porn movies, I, I the porn biopics I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. it really, like, unlike drugs and, like, Hollywood, it is... You can make the most money really fast by being successful quickly in porn. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really is the biggest possible markup. When they're talking, we made $30 million on a movie, they probably spent $30,000 on the movie. <laughs> and so yeah. like that's, that's why these stories are so fun because mm-hmm. these people get so rich so quick mm-hmm. and then blow it all because their job is debauchery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't come along with, you know, a real rated G lifestyle, right. I think, for a lot of the you're not, you're not people the, both behind the scenes and You're not getting the Hollywood movie. actors home or anything like that. Um Yeah. Well and this story mind. does not end well because no. <laughs> one it of does the brothers not. No. No, it's a San Francisco legend of how the the story of Rated X ended. Uh the little little civil war action, little brother against brother. Mm-hmm. Well, really, one of them shoots the other one. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Didn't get a straight name after him, though. Basically sneaks up on him. <laughs> pretty much ambushes his own brother and shoots him dead. Yeah. That's how it went. Wow. Wow. Uh, your brother. Rated X. It's it's not not entertaining. It really isn't. I'd never felt compelled to watch it again. Mm. But, um, yeah, if you miss Emilio Estevez, <laughs> and I kind of do. I like Emilio Estevez. Yeah, sure. um, I don't see him around great. that much. Yeah, uh, I don't. I do miss Billy D. Williams being in good movies. Mm. Another slam and rise yep. of Skywalker. 
Uh, we're mm. peppering that into every episode as I go forth. Patreon.com yeah. slash laser time to hear my thoughts. Um, okay, so you might have noticed uh, with me catching up with British TV in the last segment and all that. So I spent uh, part of my break going through and finding every show that debuted and every show that had its finale during these years. And that means turning up things I'd never even heard of. Ooh. And here's one of them in which I had to just put the computer down and walk away for a while because I was pretty sure I was heal- hallucinating. <laughs> it's like my brain made this up. This isn't a real show, but fuck yeah, it is. It ran two seasons. What are we talking here? Eight. We're talking about 18 Wheels of Justice. Yes. Oh, wow. On the T- on TNN, which just had rebranded as the National Network, not wow. the Nashville wow. Yeah, Network. but not breaking a huge stride in between that old, yeah. that old identity. Um, yeah. And it's about a guy who's like a secret agent or an FBI agent who is disguised as a trucker. Uh-huh. And it stars uh male model Lucky Vanis, Billy D. fucking Williams, yeah. and convicted felon G. <laughs> Gordon Liddy. It's it's like TNN having a show with Roger Stone now. Like <laughs> Yes. Because this guy was a talking head on like news channels at this point mm-hmm. from uh, his Watergate yes. fiasco. So if you were super Republican, you were always very excited to see him. Mm. Otherwise you're like, why is this guy on TV? Why are we still paying this guy? <laughs> Um, God damn, uh, the opening credits, do they tell us a story? No, they just have a cool theme song and a lot of truck-based action. Oh, wow. I mean, there was an 18-wheeler arcade game around this time that I know a ton of people who want to get rid of. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) Ooh, wow. Oh, lucky man. Sorry. What is Lucky Vanis up to these days? I'm I, dying to know. I don't know. It Not can't much. still be gay porn. Um, oh my goodness! Could what, be. Maybe moving on. Uh, West Wing. Yeah. Peach so up. please, if you if you are a family member, watched 18 Wheels please of Justice. Tell us. Please tell us about I it. I have a feeling that has Comment. more fu- a funnier compilation than any season of Walker Texas Ranger somewhere buried within it. Please yeah. tell me, G Gordon Liddy kicks someone a, to death. It is a third tier. Yeah. Walker, Texas Ranger, or mm. Renegade. Ooh. It's yeah. the same thing. The, the Driving opening, from town to town, righting wrongs. The opening looks like a fake show from 30 Rock. Yes! <laughs> now, yes, so, it does! So what about the West Wing? He the shall wing. from town to town. Oh, yeah. This is a big episode. I didn't mm-hmm. pull any clips from it, but... Um, this would be nine minutes long? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and we just don't have time for that mm-hmm. these days. But this is uh, one where we find out the president has MS. Oh shit! And that uh, ends up being a big storyline throughout the rest of the right. Because wasn't it because show? he didn't disclose it while running for president that mm-hmm. he could be unseated as mm-hmm. president for mm-hmm. not disclosing a previous illness, even though the current president has probably a lot mm-hmm. of illnesses he didn't disclose. Well, and in this one, his wife, played by Stalker Channing, who is oh, mm-hmm. the best, she's a medical doctor, and so she comes under a lot of fire as well mm-hmm. for knowing about it. But then also in the same episode, it's also revealed that their chief of staff, Leo McGarry, was an alcoholic and has issues with that. And so it's just a it's just a great episode that like introduces a lot of big plot points that come up again and again throughout the rest of the series. So it's a landmark. And also the title refers to he shall from time to time address the country, da da da, because he's about to do the State of the Union address. 
Okay. And he's found collapsed. Do you know you're recording this on, Tom, mm-hmm. uh, on, on uh, Clancy Brown's birthday? Wish we would have mentioned that. <gasps> uh, happy oh. birthday, Clancy Brown. Happy birthday. Ever ageless. The eternally 52 Clancy Brown. Um, yeah. Just saw my Mandalorian <laughs> as a devil guy. He's so great. Mandalorian's <laughs> the greatest show of all time. God damn it. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, SNL this week hosts musical guest Macy Gray with uh, host Freddie Prince Jr. I... I don't know anything from this, and no, I feel like I, I looked, should. And I didn't see anything that jumped out from it that I remember. But I always like to bring it up because I know that people have connections to some of the SNLs. You know, no, and then mm-hmm. Freddie Prinze Jr. Yes, my favorite WWE writer that I can name. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what episode I did see. Yes, guy walks into a psychiatrist's office on The Sopranos. It's season two premiere mm-hmm. of The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Man, Ooh. I revisited this episode. Such a great episode. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And so a lot happens at the end of season one that I forgot about. And so a big part of... me, Tony Soprano is going away and I mean forever. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that promo a thousand times. Yeah. Um, But so you have to open the next season with like a montage of where are we now? They never do that again. Yeah. Because I think they... I was 21. Yes. So I see Polly Walnut's balling a girl out. Oof, indeed. <laughs> uh, so I'm reading a book about the Sopranos right now oh, called shit. The Soprano Sessions, oh. which goes through every episode. So guess what, y'all? We're gonna be talking about Sopranos a lot. <laughs> Good, because yeah. I love it so much. It's still one of the best shows I've ever seen. It is yeah. not based in nostalgia oh, yes. 100%. at all. Hundred percent. It's it's yep. it, it 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 is it's evergreen and so a weird respectful way. of you as an as an audience mm-hmm. member. Uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. There's a couple dream sequences that probably could be shaved they a little. They are all but my favorite okay. dream sequences. All of them. Mm. Yeah. Are you? Hey, are you net betting? <laughs> yeah. I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so we open mm. the season where Uncle June's in prison, and after oh. a botched attempt on his life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mother Soprano is had a stroke and is in the hospital. Or did she have a stroke? Mm-hmm. Unclear. Did Tony try and cl- kill her? Not really, but mm-hmm. everyone thinks he did. He's about to. Mm-hmm. Where's Big Pussy? Unclear. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. this is a big they so I read that they did not think that they were going to get a second season. So they what? really wow. weren't planning mm-hmm. on having a big opening to the second season of like where are they now? How do mm-hmm. we bring back the rhythm again? Dr. Melfi is like gone into hiding because it became public that she was his psychiatrist. And so now she had to abandon her office and she's seeing clients in a seedy hotel room. I think she said two of her clients mm. killed themselves. Yeah. That I feel like she might have been exaggerating. Well, that I feel like you shouldn't have told any no, clients also of yours. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it's a great episode. It's a great way to start out the season. And it's also when we finally meet. The worst, the most best, annoying character. Worst character of all time. Yeah. One thing I loved in rewatching The Sopranos and binging it, because it binges so beautifully, mm-hmm. is it starts out like, Jana seems like the good one. Oh. You really oh. think like, oh, she's the family member who got out of this mob bullshit, who, who's figured herself out. She's reasonable. And it, it, just in a couple episodes, you watch her slowly turn into like, oh, she has... A lot in common with her mother, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, she crazy. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I never thought. I mean, she started out on the wrong foot with me because, I don't know, she comes into town and she's immediately asking for money. She's a mm-hmm. grifter. I want to take over like Ma's house. Yeah. You can yeah. have her. Yeah. Just take. Can I have a couple hundred dollars <laughs> to fix up her car? And it's like, oh, okay, it starts. And poor Tony, he 
he just like <laughs> you see him regress to a kid again, mm-hmm. and the dynamics are the he same. Talks about that, like he happens. makes her feel like a, a ch- he ma- he treats him like she. He, Tony's the youngest of three, mm-hmm. and whenever the the sisters come around, they make him feel very small. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's an interesting dynamic they keep throughout the whole show that Janice talks to him yeah. like a child. Well, it's one of those things that's so great is but he's that the boss of this huge mo- the, yeah. family. And you see this happen all the time in real life. I mean, I know I whenever I get around my family, I definitely go back to the family dynamic that I grew up in, even though I'm an adult now and I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> but still, you know, you just can't help it. <laughs> Uh, it's just so great. It's she's just... she's one of my favorite unsung characters on the show because oh, you watch yeah, the whole yeah. show and you, you never look forward to seeing her, and she has no redemptive arc. She gets worse. Yeah, but yeah. but but like in terms of like watching today, like yeah, the transcendental meditation person. Oh yeah, she wants to be called Parvati. <laughs> should should be the one who wins the day, but she's just the worst all the mm-hmm. time. Audio I love you. Yeah. It's 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 one of the best characters on television. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also too, I mean, she definitely takes after her mom because Mother Soprano yeah. is the worst. And here in this episode too, they're having a big cookout at Tony's house, and uh, Carmela's parents are there because they normally wouldn't be there if Tony's mother was there. Yeah. And they bring up the story about how you know. When they got married, Mother Soprano was very against them getting married and did not approve of Carmela. And it was just oof, a lot yeah. of a lot of rough stuff. It, there. A lot of it reminds me of growing up Italian. But I mean, I think the thesis of the show is how ill-equipped the mafia in that aspect of a the, they're like so weird conservative, the, weird a weird version of like Republican mm-hmm. early on. How they're <laughs> ill-equipped to adapt to the new world mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. and that's what the show is so merciful mercilessly funny i can't say it Merciless, so, so funny at the expense of the characters because yeah. they refuse to evolve mm-hmm. almost all of them and like the whole opening of the episode is tony is not in psych in uh in, in psychiatric care anymore and everyone is judging him and like can it really be the boss if he's talking to psychiatrists? Mm-hmm. And part of it is a lack of trust, given the nature of his business. And part of it is like, what a weak-minded fuck. Mm-hmm. He's probably mm-hmm. gay, too. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy. This guy. Um, no, you're supposed to take all your feelings and push them down deep inside so they come out in violence. Right. And so I watched it at the time and now. Like, just toxic masculinity. Like, you guys will all die of a heart attack mm-hmm. at 60. And mm-hmm. have no idea how to cope with the rest of the world as it is now. Yeah, and that's and it's still funny to me like that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and like none, none of the characters are people I want to be or aspire to be like. And no one's writing any think pieces how we shouldn't want to be like that. Because like no one would want to be. Well, and part <laughs> of it too is that we get to see Christopher, and he, I just he's the most pitiable character to me in the whole show because I love that opening. The, the opening of the episode is him calling. Christopher Moltisanti, and then an Asian kid raises his hand and <laughs> yeah. takes an accounting test. It's a stockbroker's <laughs> exam because he's like running some stockbroker uh, house, basically, Who boiler knows? room, basically. Like I said, they're slowly becoming white. <laughs> <laughs> slowly. But poor Christopher, he's stuck in between the two worlds because he's young enough to know things are changing and yet still craves you know, the approval of these older guys who are just so out of touch. And then the scene, the scene in it, uh, Tony has another panic attack mm-hmm. and is forced to go see another, has to go see another psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite lines from the series, just because remember, analyze this in Sopranos oh, yeah. were made yeah. simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So the Sopranos never addresses that in the first season because mm-hmm. it didn't know the other movie existed. 
Uh, when he goes, he has to see another psychiatrist under assumed name. Anyway, things were good. And then my sister came back. I mean, it's good to see her, I guess. Cues from childhood kick in. Older sister. That should be obvious enough. Yeah, but those feelings are starting to bleed into my business. And what sort of business are you in? Commercial and non-protressable waste. <sighs> Mr. Spears, I watch the news like everyone else. I know who you are. And I saw analyze this. I don't need the ramifications that could arise from treating someone like yourself. Analyze this? Yeah. Come on, it's a fucking comedy. I'm not taking new patients right now. <laughs> that fucking dork is wearing a bolo tie. And he has ca- nothing. Canadian to- tuxedo yeah. with a corduroy jacket. What yeah. an asshole. What a jerk. Oh, there's so much wonderful 90s horse shit and Sopranos in the 2000s. It's so good. And we'll be talking about it a bunch because Ooh. I just love it so much. It's such How a good episode. He doesn't point out that a lot of the characters in Analyze This look just like his buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I believe there are nine yeah. Cast member carryover. A lot of, there, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover. Well, and, and my, the most fascinating thing to me, and I, I meant to look into this more, the character of Patsy. Because in this mm-hmm. episode, they kill his twin brother in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing David Chase just liked his the guy who played him because this character <laughs> becomes a character until the end of the show mm-hmm. who's playing his own twin brother who was murdered by Tony Soprano's it's family. very soap opera. It's, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Shit. It, it is. Not really noted because yeah. it's but, confusing if you're not paying attention to following these people's names. Yeah. Oh, for and, sure. Because a guy who looks just like the guy who was just killed right. will be in the show for the rest of the they time. They all wear the same clothes. <laughs> they have the same hairstyle. It's very hard to keep A lot of khaki. Of. Yeah. So much khaki. So many polo shirts. But also, too, mm. I mean, let's say this to justify talking about Sopranos so much this year. Sopranos really has set the tone for prestige television, the stuff that we're all super into, and we're going to see these themes come up again and again and again. So we should talk about it. It talks talks about the zeitgeist in a way that's so fucking clever and like transcends the time it was made in because it doesn't talk about it specifically. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It's it's constantly worth revisiting. You'll mm-hmm. feel like they're talking about something right now because of how nonspecific they are. But that's what prestige television does. It doesn't hammer you over the head with rip from the headlines horse shit. Um, and the games of 2000, the 10th to the 16th, wow, nothing as far as I can tell. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, again, the PS2 is almost upon us and Dreamcast is flying high. Uh, so hang tight. We will talk about some more shit. Uh, what are we going out with, Di? Well, I thought, uh, I mean, I thought about going out with The Hurricane by Bob Dylan, but we, we might, I might have to close the show with that, but I wanted to see, because the next Friday soundtrack mm-hmm. did very well, mm-hmm. and I looked through it and it's like, oh shit, a reunited NWA featuring Snoop Dogg. What can't, I love Ice Cube Businessman. <laughs> he's a sm- he is a smart man. This is the first movie he produced. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a smart man. So yeah, I thought we should go out with Chin Check from uh, NWA, featuring Snoop Dogg, and like even I'm like, what? Okay, yeah. yeah why okay. didn't they? Do that? All right, and we'll close out with uh, Chin Check, and we'll be right back with the 2010s. Stay excited. A pencil, a pen, or a Glock. I'm the original, subliminal, subterranean, titanium, criminal, minded, swift. D.I.E. with that fuck a bitch shit. Fuck a bitch. A couple of notes to get your hog tied and rope. Dope like tons of coke. Cut throat. You don't want the pistols to whistle. Candy paint and powder. I make holes pop collars. This week on Laser Time, the internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. So this is where we decide. 
what the best movies of 2019 were, according to the people you've been listening to all year. Like, middle-of-the-road one that was like, I kind of want to give a shout-out to Rocketman, because I was expecting the same music biopic I've seen a million times. I was expecting Bohemian Rhapsody Part 2. You'll never record a song in a duck costume out and it'll never happen! (laughs) I'll show you. I'll show all of Britain. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much. Here, I wrote your song. Your song, huh? Hmm. The yellow brick road will be around forever and no one will immortalize its disappearance. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look out for that chair. It's it's rocking. Don't rock it, man. <laughs> Crocodiles yeah. will always play jazz in this town. <laughs> and I will never feel the love. Not tonight and not ever. <laughs> I want my Chinese food with no Alan Rice. <laughs> and he will never be paired with the Jets. <laughs> Only submarines for Benny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, Maybe. there were a, a couple of those moments here. And there. <laughs> That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Mr. And Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of January 10th through the 16th, oh, world's easiest recommend, frankly. Um, so back last uh, Oscar season with A Star is Born, I was trying to figure out if there was a movie that had been remade more times than A Star is Born, because there's four of those. Um, two of them are great, and two of them are good. Well, no, one of them's terrible. Anyway, uh, I think I found it. Uh, I think the front page has been remade more times than A Star is Born because it was made in 31, 40, 74, 88, and also Twister. Anyway, the best remake of the front page is my solid, solid recommend for this week. His Girl Friday for 1940, uh, 80 years old this week, starring Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell, directed by Howard Hawks, who is always great with uh, tough dames as his leading ladies. And this one's... She's just great. It's got some of the fastest, whip-smartest dialogue on the planet. It just moves super fast. Cary Grant is absolutely hilarious in this. And it's kind of the template for a million different things. Like I said, freaking Twister is pretty much just His Girl Friday. But uh, instead of it being about newspaper men trying to get a story, it's about weather-chasing guys. Uh, this version is about uh, two bickering exes who you know used to be married and now... Uh, she's off to marry some other dork, and he's trying to entice her back with this great death row case. And, oh, we're going to write about it so much, we're going to be super sleazy about it and tabloidy. Ah, oh, it's going to be great. And everyone is just spitting dialogue like machine gun bullets, and it is a lot of fun. Even if you think you don't like old-fashioned comedies, this one is, you know, straight screwball slapstick. Everything moves fast, 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 so there's not really any time to get bored. So that's my recommend for this week, 1940, His Girl Friday. I think there's something for everybody in it. It's fun as hell. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Hey, 
Coming into 2010 with OK Goes, This Too Shall Pass. Uh, I'm going to guess it's another novelty video. Yeah. Rube Goldberg Machine. Oh, it's a good uh, one. A real good one. You got to watch it. It is fun, fun, fun. I saw OK Go to wrap this all together when they opened for They Might Be Giants, which is a thing that won't happen <laughs> what? now. Yeah, they signed my friend's beer gut. It was pretty funny. That's fun. On stage. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, also new releases out this week in the 2010s, January 10th to the uh, 16th. Contra by Vampire Weekend. Is wow. This our first? Wow. Uh, Hold Me Down uh, by uh, Yumi at 6. Heartland by Owen Pallet. Why Not by Ringo Starr. That's the letter Y. The Betrayed by Lost Profits and Transference by Spoon. Spoon. Nothing... Nothing reads 2010s more than Spoon. I do love Spoon. Spoon! Spoon! TikTok by Kesha is still number one right now. Okay. Good for her. I wish I had enough Jack to brush my teeth with. Mm. Uh, (laughs) At this point in 2010, Avatar is still number one at the box office, as it should be. Ten years later, it is still clogging Animal Kingdom, I can confirm. Um, And, yeah, Avatar. Anyone want to talk more about that? Nope. No? Okay. No good. On to something we've talked about many times, another subgenre of film, the uh, elderly heist movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and this old, one, old guy capers. This one's pretty good. Uh, Ray Winstone, Ian McShane, John Hurt, Tom Wilkinson, 44-inch chest, which I never thought Ooh. to measure my chest before, but I thought that was like a barrel belly thing that yeah. like old men get. Mm. I thought it was, honestly, mm. I didn't finish watching it. I thought it was only, okay, it's mm. based on a play, and you can tell. Mm. Right. Right, and it's a bunch yeah. of fantastic actors who can yeah. sort of do no wrong, but also nothing superb with this material. Hmm. Uh, and uh, Kirsten Waring, uh, Michael Fassbender, and Katie Jarvis in Fish Tank, a movie I've never heard of. Oh. Where you going? I know somewhere we can get some drinks. You're 15 years old. What does it matter if you like someone? You need to sort now, you do. So you keep saying, but you don't know nothing. So why should I listen? In your room. Tell him, Mark, I don't care what you do. I don't know this film. It seems very dramatic. Is it about alcohol addiction? Hmm. Underage? Uh, It's about Michael Fassbender, underage. Hmm. No, he's not underage. He's having sex with an underage He's perfectly of age. Yeah, he's also seeing his girlfriend's daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, the heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> and the law says what the law says. Yeah, Good yeah, comeback. yeah. Thank you. Well, I did not, we did not actually finish this movie. Good. We got, yeah. it, it's grim. Mm-hmm. It's kind yes. of like the first half of it, honestly, I feel like it's kind of just like poverty porn. And then mm. halfway through, Sam was like, hold up. I'm going to pause this for a second. And he looked up the plot on on Wikipedia and he was like, we do not want to finish this movie. <laughs> I was like, okay, babe, I appreciate that. I will say, though, for the sake of our audience, there's a horse in this movie. And apparently the horse dies. So, no. Yeah. As a warning. No. Okay. It looked like Requiem for Dream without Keith David, so I won't have it. Hmm. And- yeah. It's more like uh, white, poor, British, precious. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of in that vein where it's like it's really well done and the characters are really good, like wonderfully acted, but it is incredibly grim and then you kind of never want to talk about it ever again. Pretty much. Okay. I would but not recommend. It's very well made, but yeah, it's it could be a tough watch. Yeah. 
Also out this week is George Lopez. Oh, ah, coast to coast, uh, George Lopez, Billy Ray Cyrus, oh. Magnus Schwing, Schwing, uh, and uh, Jackie Chan in uh, yeah, a terrible Jackie Chan movie, The Spy Next Door. Mm-hmm. Super Spy Bob Ho has got the moves. He's got the skills. The Kenny Handel. These kids. Don't feed the pig bacon. Okay, that's just wrong. On January 15th, I am international spy unknown to the CIA. The spy game has a new secret weapon. Oh, that thing can fly! The spy next door. (laughs) Okay, that looks even worse than I expected, honestly. I know. I, 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 I understand the hatred for these movies and these movies, and I'm there. But I also love the idea of people like Jackie Chan, The Rock, and Vin Diesel. Like, can I just not be strapped into a harness for every movie I do. Mm. Let me mm-hmm. take a million dollars and do a family comedy mm-hmm. just every once in a while. Yep. Yeah. Which, I, yeah, spoiler alert, we got another one next week. Oh, yes. Gross. Mm. Yep. Uh, gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps we'll have more to say about this. Michael Gambon, uh, Dumbledore. Ooh, yes, and that's right. Jennifer Beals, uh, Francis De La Tour, uh, Ray Stevenson, again. no, that's where he wins. Uh, Mila Kunis, Gary Oldman, and Denzel Washington in The Book of Eli. The war tore a hole in the sky. Only a few survived. Our only hope is in my hands. Some would kill to have it. This is your last chance. Give it up or I swear I'll bury you. I will kill to protect it. It's not our book. It's our weapons. Nobody touches it but me. You understand me? <laughs> the Book of Eli. Rated R. Start... Mm. Mm. Didn't see this. Well, <laughs> the road. I did. Action style. <laughs> did I like this film? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it oh, a good, good film? No. no. Oh no. Mm. Do I like Mila Kunis in a non-comedic role? Also, no. <laughs> oh no. Okay. <laughs> but I still kind of like this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> it's probably Denzel. It's not very Denzel good. has an effect. It's got to be Denzel. Yeah. Oh. It has to be. It's like I remember I saw Training Day. Like I didn't like that movie, mm. but I liked Denzel in it. And then like I woke up a couple months later and like Oscars? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, this I movie's know. not good. No, <laughs> that was a shock to me as well. And, oh, I love Training Day, mm. but this one, um, mm, mm. it's okay. Like it has it has some fun. stuff. Stuff going on it. I I love Michael Gammon and Francis Delator. Francis Delator. I just want them to be their own movie mm. because it's sort of like I love that there's sort of a reference to uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, but mm-hmm. also with cannibalism. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I want I want their movie. I love them. So um, it's a post-apocalyptic movie mm-hmm. where yeah. there's no water is a big part of it and. Denzel Washington is traveling around on his own. He's a badass, straight up murdering people, but in a good way. <laughs> and he comes mm-hmm. to like a city that's being ruled by Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Gary oh, Oldmaning yeah. all over the place. <laughs> and everywhere. And he wants books. Books. He wants so many books. I do enjoy, I did enjoy the scene where he sends apparently no one can read in the future. And so he's sending out these scouts to go find books in the ruins of the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. They come back and they don't know what they're looking for. And Game so they hooks. they throw a bunch of books on the table and they're like, is any of these what you're looking for? And one of them is an Oprah magazine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I enjoyed. I'm glad that survived the apocalypse. Didn't throw it against the wall? <laughs> no. no? Okay, good. Um, but yeah, turns out he's looking for the Bible, y'all. And guess what? Aren't we all? Denzel Washington has the Bible. No. Yeah. No. That, I no. heard the book has several answers. Mm. Mm-hmm. And- I mean, it's got some problems in that, like, the Bible, as they say it's the kind of Bible that they want, uh, would be really big. It's not just a little, little guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, should we spoil? Go for it. Does it sure. matter? I mean, all right. Yeah. It's the Bible in Braille. The Bible in Braille, Braille is way bigger than mm-hmm. 11 point font. So the Bible in Braille is, it turns out, is actually several volumes. So he only has part of the Bible, I guess. So you mm. truck it around in a golf cart? Details, details. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But, but we should mention uh, it's written by Gary Witta, yes. who used to work at PC Gamer. Yes, who I've podcasted with a couple times. Oh, and and, and yes. so like I, I met him when he was, this movie was being made. Mm-hmm. And this has the rare distinction of, I have not seen this movie and we didn't talk about this movie, but we drank for about an hour and told me every story of meeting every person on this movie. Well, that's fun. And none of which I remember, but like, like, like that's my experience with Book of Eli. Okay. Is tweeting Gary like, uh, dude, look, here, uh, direct messaging. I'm like, dude, they, they put up a fucking billboard like right next to your house. Check it out. Get outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's all I remember. There's definitely some cool scenes in it, mm-hmm. I would say. It looks cool. It looks, it looks fun, mad. Yeah, it looks cool. directed, directed by the Hughes Brothers, who mm-hmm. they've made some cool movies. Yeah. From Hell, Menace to Society, mm-hmm. Dead Presidents. Yeah, I like the Hughes Brothers. And this did well. This, and people like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, pe- my mm-hmm. parents love it for some reason. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. But um, it's a good movie to put on when you are getting ready to go out on a weekend night and you're having some drinks beforehand oh, you can kind of keep one eye not on inviting it inviting me okay or <laughs> or if you're just like hanging in you got something to do on your computer some work or something maybe you're looking up tv shows for a podcast that you do and just put it on the background while you're having some wine yeah maybe while you're playing look the, up while the not cool... editing a podcast <laughs> look up at the cool scenes also i do have to say the very very first scene opens up with a pretty graphic cat death so just skip mm. okay. that first two minutes, I would say, oh, and you're good. It's, the, that cat is fine. It's still alive now. Yes, I know, but I know people don't like to see that on screen, so okay. I like to let people know. I didn't like to see it. And speaking of uh, movies I wanted to love and watch. Mm. Oh, wait. Uh, you can see the book of Eli on Netflix. Ooh. Is uh, Peter Jackson's seemingly weird follow-up to mm-hmm. everything he's done yeah. up to this point, because it was all horror and, like, you have a heavenly creatures in there, but there's still a stroke, of, like a massive stroke of fantasy mm-hmm. that runs throughout that mm-hmm. that film. And this is, I don't know. Well, I guess this is too. I mean, heavenly creatures. Yes. I, somehow I forgot about heavenly creatures as a filmography. That this feels more like from the director of Heavenly Creatures mm-hmm. because it's about a young girl and fantasy in a way, as opposed to being about King Kong or dwarves and elves yes. and Hobbits. trolls. And it, 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 it does seem like a, an odd choice given that he would make three more lord of the rings movies uh but it was this is a huge bestseller like i remember mm-hmm. almost everywhere i went i yeah. saw a copy of the lovely, bones, the lovely on, bones on someone's coffee table and uh i had not heard of saoirse ronan at the, at the time mm-hmm. uh but i had heard of mark Wahlberg, rachel white susan's Ryan, and stanley tucci as a horrible the tucci's man loose. Oh, oh, the tucci's loose in this one God, they put he's hair on him. Hair, he's got hair, so that's worse. your first clue that he's a bad guy. <laughs> that's true. Anytime they put hair on Stanley Tucci, look yeah. out. Yeah, look out. The bad, lovely bones. My name is Susie. Hey, look at me. I was 14 years old when I was murdered. I had left Earth 
But I hadn't left my unfinished life. My father tried to solve my murder, but he needed my help. There's definitely something wrong with this guy. Can't you just leave it alone? Dad, I saw Susie. I saw her too. The Lovely Bone, based on PG-13. Friday at Arclight Hollywood. Yeah, I think you can file this under like a... We got a can't lose book that everyone's read, mm-hmm. and uh, we mm-hmm. can spend as much money as we want on it. And there's some of this shit is ridiculous mm-hmm. in, <laughs> visually in this in this movie. They contact- I think it was like a hundred and thirty million dollar movie. Yeah, I mean, mm. if you are it, the story is a a girl who's murdered who is from the afterlife now trying to help. I guess people figure out her murderer. I read the book mm-hmm. when it came out. I definitely saw the movie too, but I didn't remember that much of it. So mm-hmm. I went back to revisit mm-hmm. it and. I was just in a place where once it got to the point where Stanley Tucci is about to do his dastardly deed, I turned it off. I was like, A, I cannot see Stanley Tucci in this light. And B, I'm just not in the mood for a, a child murder right now. Whatever. Ride yeah. or die for Tucci yeah. gang. Kill a kid you want, Tucci. I got you. <laughs> I love him so much. I can't see him in that light. Because um, it's heavy. And then the idea of yeah. like trying to – I mean, have we ever had – well, I guess there's no way to really – prove this or whatever but have we ever had a great depiction of afterlife no so much of this movie reminded me of what dreams make yeah me too we talked about yeah uh, what two years ago yeah the frighteners peter jackson did it and this should have been better Mm. Um. yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it has a lot of good stuff in it uh, mm. performances were were all really good um even mark Wahlberg, who was brought in last minute Mm. to to replace ryan gosling what? Uh, because, yeah, Ryan Gosling was initially cast and ended up uh, either dropping out or being fired. It's not clear. It's mostly he was probably fired because he thought to play, you know, an accountant with three children. He gained like 60 pounds. Of <laughs> uh, so he definitely ate his cereal for that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they but, just. Yeah, Wahlberg's good. They um, just slapped his wig on Marky Mark and was like, get on out there. I mean, this is, this is critically panned. Yeah, like, it was super yeah. depressing to see as Peter Jackson having never stumbled in my life. Mm-hmm. Ever. He, he, everything he made was better and better. And uh, and it was all downhill from here. <laughs> Please, Peter Jackson, do more shit. I know you're capable of great things. I know you own a, yeah. your own ILM, but uh, make another movie, buddy. No, Weta. Makes Weta. He's the best. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the performances are really good. I mean, Saoirse Ronan is always just the queen of everything. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Tucci is so cartoonishly yep. evil. I, I think that doesn't up. help that he is. It's not just that like, oh, he's a creep. It's like, oh, he is a serial creep in a really obvious way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's part mm-hmm. of the point. It's like, well, we just don't notice these guys until we find out they've done horrible things. Or, well, Yeah, I don't know. It's just a movie lacking really in subtlety yeah yeah um if you want to see a, a good child abduction movie see prisoners yes it's excellent yes. and nobody talks about watch, it i would rather watch prisoners and yeah prisoners is a stone cold bummer yeah <laughs> who kills the girl like a big white ball that'd be dope this what? Is a, this oh it's a, a prison nice. reference it's okay oh, patrick gotcha. mcgowan fans what up uh <laughs> <laughs> right over my head on that one um yeah i i i I don't know. I love Peter Jackson. Yeah. I want the best for him. Yeah, and... I, I can't recommend Lovely Bones. It's... I, yeah, I can't imagine this is something he was he was terribly interested personally in adapting. And more of yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, it was supposed to be Spielberg, to and Spielberg yeah. produced it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's 
part of it or just him wanting to stretch and see like yeah i'm peter jackson i i can do drama but that also has effects in it the man can do anything i'm more pissed that he spent so many years making lord of the rings seem terrible Mm. (laughs) and i just want to see something else from my i'm the one defender of king kong 06 there is out there i love that fucking movie i I watch it once a year makes me i i cry at that uh, movie i love it when i saw that movie with my ex-boyfriend i made him he and I, that was one of the biggest fights we ever had <laughs> afterwards because I was so mad at him for making me go see that movie. It was beauty that berated the beast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really love it, but it feels like a director's cut. It feels so overlong. Oh, it's, it's absurd. It's absolutely yeah, it needs, ridiculous. It needs to be trimmed down, and then it would be fucking perfect. They added it. new things to the story and even restored all the old things that the original King Kong cut out. Yeah. The spider season. Oh, so good. Uh, I love that fucking movie. But Lovely Bones, not so much. And it, mm-hmm. it just makes me think of how much I want for Peter Jackson. It's been 10 years. Like, what the fuck is the man up to? Holy oh, no. shit. Uh, uh, but it's going to be years till we get to talk about Heavenly Creatures properly. And oh, my God, mm-hmm. I love that movie so much. Really good. It's really good. So, so good, everybody. The Go man, watch it. The man is capable of something like this, but this wasn't mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Moving on to television, 2010, mm-hmm. uh, January 10th through the 16th. Uh, last week, we missed the debut of John Oliver's New York stand-up uh, show. This show was oh. so good. Did was anyone it? watch it? Just, I mean, every no. year, Comedy Central has a three comedians yeah. with a host show. But this one was really good. And I mean, like, it has all of your favorite people in it. The first episode had Maria Bamford, Nick Krolls, Fabrice Fabrice, Greg Fitzsimmons, and Eugene Merman. Hey. This week... That we're talking about in here, it's Mary Lynn Rice Cub, Hari Kondabolu, Matt Bronger, and Brian Prosane. I mean, every wow. comedian that you love is on it, and it went for four seasons. I, I know. It was just one of those things that, like, what is his heart on that Comedy Central has for this British guy that I remember thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and because when Jon Stewart, like, left to go make that movie, John Oliver filled in. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing this. Like, he's not my favorite guy. And now, knowing what we all know about John Oliver, right. like, I, I feel like. Man, I used to be so good at <laughs> calling what was next, but like <laughs> he, people clearly thought the world of John Oliver because mm-hmm. they gave him a ton mm-hmm. of shit to do on Comedy Central before he went to HBO. Yeah, and I mean, this is—I know, you know, Comedy Central has various iterations of these stand-up type showcases, mm-hmm. uh, but this was one of the best that I had seen in a long time. The, and I don't understand what the format the could have done. Well, it's just the people that they chose. I mean, mm. it was all of our favorite people from the alt comedy scene. Blech. With their, their finest 10 minutes. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. No, no, It's I'm, a great I'm, way to introduce the, these people to... I haven't watched Comedy Central in a while, but for years, that show, <laughs> that type of show constantly uh, reincarnated itself. The stand-up showcase. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it still does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah. I know they still have the stand-up half hour, but like, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's totally good. And, uh, uh, and well, perfectly if you want to go back and see your favorites. Boom. Uh, John Oliver Stand Up New York. I feel bad for not having seen this, but uh, I never said I was an expert on The Simpsons, let alone <laughs> did I say I cared about the 20th season, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the last to be released on DVD. So I know this has a giant group of weird fans because mm-hmm. there are certain people who watch those DVDs over and over again. But it is the, uh, what is it, the 20th anniversary episode mm-hmm. uh, with Anne Hathaway, Eartha Kitt, Jackie Mason, Gary Larson, That's a, and, mm. and Maurice LaMarche, mm-hmm. which I also like, uh, a, a renowned voice actor coming on it who's not normally on The Simpsons. Gary Larson of The Far Side, Jackie Mason reprising his role as 
Rabbi Hyman Christofsky. Di- Diana, I Googled mm-hmm. Rabbi Hyman and accidentally hit enter. And mm-hmm. there were others, but Krusty's dad has fucking devastated their <laughs> SEO. <laughs> they don't they might as well not exist. I did it's Anne Hathaway's second appearance oh. on The Simpsons, but she's playing a different character. Hmm. I don't know anything about this episode. I am Long checked out of The Simpsons at this point. Mm. Um, oh. Yeah. What? Um, uh, Sarah, Sarah even well, tipped no, me I've, off. Like I've you, seen him. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to be reminded pretty much anything from this era. So you got to remind me. I've seen it once and then I forgot about it. I, I mean, it's mostly about Krusty and uh, he brings on a new character named Princess Penelope onto mm-hmm. the show to bring in young female audience and then it pisses off the male audience. And Ooh, prescient. Yeah. And then we, you know learn more about back in uh, the other things that have happened at the Krusty the Clown show, mm. including uh, his former wives. I'm looking up Holly Hippie and Eartha Kitt. They were married for six hours. <laughs> uh, and, and one of my favorite things happened this week as mm. well. And one of my favorite fucking shows mm-hmm. yeah. uh, on community. Yep. Investi- <laughs> investigative journalism is the title of the episode. Don't let that fool you. Cause I called this repilot cause they said it. Until they have an episode later on called Repilot. But uh, Community came out and it was a show centered around a guy who was found out for having a fraudulent law degree and had to go back to community college. He hated everyone there. He wanted to bang the hot girl. And one of the beautiful things about the show is you you have a lot of uh, fourth wall breaking, especially with a, a semi-autistic character like Abed, I think he might be just straight up autistic. I don't know. I don't know how to classify mm, him. Somewhere on the spectrum. I mean, he's based yep. on somebody on the spectrum mm-hmm. in, named Abed that's a friend of theirs mm-hmm. in real life. Um, and, and, and they constantly talk in this episode like, your character cannot star in a show this forever being this cantankerous. And the show, <laughs> the show wears it on its sleeve. They come back from winter break. And, and, and this is the first thing Jeff Winger says mm. when he comes back. I'm doing my sunglasses straight. I wish I was still a lawyer. I'm only here because I'm hot for Britta and I don't want to be anybody's friend. Just kidding. Oh, Bring it in here. You know, I gotta say, I, I took a look back at the guy I was last semester and I realized that guy was a drag. Oh. Good to hear you admit it, Jeff. No, the truth is, this is a new semester, a new Jeff. Greendale is where I am, and I am going to make the best of it. That is nice. You're like Hawkeye on MASH. He kept his upbeat humor and charm, even in the 11th year of the Korean War. Yeah, well, don't go changing <laughs> too much, Jeff. I think we all like you just the way you were. Well, I appreciate that, but did you just teleport here? No, I snuck in during the group hug. You guys don't remember me, buddy? Buddy, played by Jack Black, just mm-hmm. appears for no reason. <laughs> yeah. It's a Heat Vision and Jack reunion episode for Dan Harmon, because Owen Wilson makes a small appearance in this episode as well. Yeah. But but I love, it just tells you out loud that like Abed's like constantly talking, we have to figure out a way to turn you into Hawkeye. You can't be a guy trying <laughs> to get out of the show for the whole show, because the show got picked up for another 13 episodes. <laughs> it's it's so funny, and it, like, it completely changes Jeff Winger's character mm-hmm. for the rest. I don't even remember the first 13 episodes. Yeah. Uh, but but like it's so funny that this happens out loud on NBC mm-hmm. in front of all these smart and subversive comedies. This is still smart and more subversive. I I, I really 
I, I don't know. I wish more people talked about yeah. that this happened. Like they, that a, a show winked at you and told you they're changing this character forevermore, mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yep. most people. And then watching. it continues. It continues with like screwing with the format in that Buddy, played by Jack Black, is sort of like, no, I'm part of your group, right? And they're like, mm, are you? And he's like, no, I've been here this whole time. <laughs> It's 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 like, so. It, uh... <laughs> I mean, sort of like Sopranos. I, I remember just Dan Harmon saying that. Like, I think our show may have asked too much of people. People just want to come and relax with a situation comedy, mm-hmm. and we're asking them to think too much. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We appreciated that. <laughs> Those of us who yeah, are fans already appreciated this at the time. I mean, Thirty um, Rock was kind of doing the same thing. Some of the same things, but it not was, quite as far. Yeah, like, but it Community was like strangely more grounded than Thirty Rock, which is yes. kind of grounded, but like. Everyone speaks absurdly, mm-hmm. uh, but but like Community, I still love more than Thirty Rock. Yeah. I always will. Yeah, and and it was super low rated, so I don't even know if this caught people when they were binging it, when they were watching it at the time. That the idea that they're telling you they're re- they're changing the main character in mm-hmm. front of your eyes. Love that shit. Got to turn you into Hawkeye. <laughs> from Match <laughs> after 11, 11 years of the Korean War. Um, good joke. Uh, but yes, uh, in Parks and Recreation this week, I guess everyone... Remember this episode? I don't. It was great. Because I I, am I supposed to remember every episode Will Arnett guests, upon, guests on? Because it's almost every show I like. Yeah, that's true. It's, yeah. Well, but I mean, this one's I, special, special. I hadn't remembered... Yeah, I hadn't remembered this one. And then when I binged all of Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. this had a... a Something mentioned very offhand that jumped out at me. It's like, oh my god, they paid that off like five years later. Hmm. What was it? Well, Will Arnett uh, goes out on a date with uh, Amy Poehler's character, mm-hmm. and he's nope. a radiologist, it's MRI technician. Right, and yeah. he gives her a free MRI and right. compliments how gigantic her uterus is, and, <laughs> and you could. You could totally fit three in there. And then later oh, on in the show, wow. she has triplets. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that. I love that. That is, a, that is wonderful. Yeah. And, of course, we all loved this episode because, you know, they were a real-life couple. And in mm-hmm. the, the episode. They at the time? Yeah. Okay. I think so. And then yeah. in the episode, they are they hate each other. And mm. they're, like, you know, at odds. And because he's horrible. I love their yeah. appearance in Arrested Development. I know, me too. This, this, her, her constant Amy Poehler Abu Ghraib references. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, but, Di, you're, you're enough to, I'm going to let you talk about this Law & Order episode. Is okay. Any, well, uh, i just like to shout out when Law & Order has a fun guest star. And this one is Blackmail, where Samantha B plays a talk show host who sleeps with her female underlings and is being blackmailed. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And um, love the Samantha idea. B- and now Samantha B does have her own show. Who is she harassing? <laughs> I don't know. But her mm. her new show is fucking awesome, it's by the really way. It's really good. It's really yeah. good. They released a bunch of best of holiday clips. I encourage you to check out their YouTube channel because that's the only way, place I watch it. Uh, but And on SNL this week, the ting- musical guest, the Ting Tings. I love the Ting Tings. Who the fuck are the Ting Tings? That's not my name. Is that? <laughs> that's not my name. <laughs> I know. don't know what you're doing. Is this a child's you know that group? song? Is this Raffi music? No, it's great. Uh, with host Sigourney Weaver, which hasn't happened in like twenty years. Um, Avatar, I assume. Yeah, I would guess. Uh, so I, something good Avatar gave us. Uh, look, Avatar. <laughs> clearly, you haven't been to the world of Pandora at Animal Kingdom. Clearly, me neither. Uh, video <laughs> games of twenty ten, the tenth to the sixteenth. I know I'm pronouncing this wrong, and I meant to look it up. V v v v v v v. It's six v's. <laughs> Uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, I, I know our friend Carolyn said it was one of her favorite games ever. 
just a very, very simple uh, indie game, side-scroller. Really funny, really cute. You can get it almost anywhere now, but it makes its debut on PC. Army of Two, the 40th day. EA's bromantic shooter where two guys constantly hoist one another over things. It was built for co-op is what I'm saying. Uh, And Ace Attorney comes to WiiWare. So Ace Attorney fans can scream and complain about it. Sorry, I worked (laughs) at the company and I hate you. Always will. Uh, <laughs> that that we, again, we will talk about video games more in depth on our Patreon show, the uh, video game bonus edition of Thirty Twenty Ten uh, every month. Patreon.com slash Laser Time, um, and, and who knows what other fun stuff we have coming out for you. We usually do a bonus show every single week, over a hundred movie commentaries. There's a ton of stuff waiting for you there, and all you got to do is kick five bucks in favor of uh, your favorite podcast network, Laser Time. Uh, this week we're talking about the best movies of the year. We are already have already gone through the best movies of the decade. We'll have talked about our favorite TV shows of 2019 mm-hmm. at this point. I know we do it two weeks later than the rest of the world. That's how we like it. I can do as many Christmas specials as I want. Uh, <laughs> but you should seriously consider supporting us. Uh, we're almost entirely uh, listener-supported, and uh, we need it more than those other people you love and can buy T-shirts for. We're a much smaller organization, uh, and we do appreciate it very, very much. Di, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at listenanerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, where I tease what's coming up. And we still got some 80s, 89, 99, and 2009 that got to trickle out over the next month or so, so we can find out what is the last official movie of the 80s. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, don't even ballpark it. I want people to wonder. Uh <laughs> Who died during this period of 30, yeah, we're Let's talk about some dead people. The whole date thing threw me <laughs> off. Okay. Let's see. This week in 2010, we lost Eric Romer, who is 89. He was an influential writer-editor for Cahiers du Cinema and also made uh, My Night at Mods. And one of my personal heroes, Mie Pries, uh, was 100 years young. Uh, she is the woman that hid Anne Frank and her family Whoa. and risked her life very seriously to do so. Is she the one Mary Steenburgen played in that movie? Probably. <laughs> okay. It's pretty good. It's the one Lily Taylor played her in a TV movie mm. and I forget who else. But uh, yeah, she's just an average schmuck living in in the Netherlands. And uh, she hid, what, like eight people mm. and uh, nearly saved their lives. Saved their lives for a couple of years. She did. Meet yep. peace. It's not just a Meep bad peace. translation of the Roadrunners. Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, and she made it to fucking 100. Good wow. for her. Yeah. Wow. Good for her. That's good to Anyway, now mm. that deaths are gone, you want to talk about birthdays? Yes. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Oh, uh, we got someone. We have talked about this guy on this show so many times. Forrest Whitaker. This is going to be fun. No, <laughs> good guess, but no. Only Sarah gets uh, like that. Turning 60 years old uh, this week, born January 12th, 1960, in Windsor, Ontario, to American parents. His dad was a career diplomat. He had been U.S. ambassador to Pakistan, Zambia, and the Philippines. Wow. So a millionaire. Let's say you become a diplomat, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Both his parents came from serious, serious moneyed, old money backgrounds. Uh, Through his great-grandparents, he was the second cousin once removed to Princess Diana. But they never met. It's kind of a bummer. Hmm. Uh, When he was nine, he saw Morgan Freeman in a play at the Kennedy Center and decided to become an actor. In in what year? Uh, This would be... Well, when he was nine, so 1969. Nice. 
tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> you tricked you. <laughs> Right after college, uh, Bill Murray saw him in a show and recommended him to Jonathan Demme, who then put him in Married to the Mob. So not... So people print. seeing people on stage, very important to this guy's life. That's not a clue. Baron Munchausen? What? Oh, Bill Pullman. No. Good guess. Shut up, Sarah. God, I'm so sad. I don't think Bill Pullman's in Married to the Mob. Wait. Bill Paxson. No. You can't do that. Sarah can't guess for the next next two rounds. What? That's yeah, not fair. that's the rule now. No. Okay. So besides Married to the Mob, movies he has been in that we have talked about are A Time to Kill, Dangerous Beauty, and Doctor Doolittle. A. <laughs> Martian Child, Year One, and the Ten. Year One. Um, year one. David Cross. Nope. No. Jack Black. Simon. Nope. Simon Birch, Three to Tango, and Bicentennial Man. Jay Johnston? Matthew. <laughs> no. No, what did Dylan McDermott? No. Matthew Perry. He's 60. He's 60. Well, they could age well. <laughs> okay, how about executive decision Bullworth and Lake Placid? It's not Kurt Russell. It's not no. Bill Pullman. It was, nope. It's not Betty White. It's nope. a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Lake Platt. Placid. It is Oliver Platt. Oh! Fuck you, Sarah. Hey. Fuck you. I got it with Lake Placid. Damn, damn it all straight I don't to heck. not at all. Yeah, and also Frost Nixon 2012 and a movie I stand so hard, The Imposters. Everyone should watch The Imposters. I love that movie. And yes, the tooch is loose in that one. I can't stop singing his praises from the 10 where he plays Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, um, (laughs) (laughs) it really does. It's awesome. Uh, But again, thank you guys so much for listening. Patreon.com slash later time. If you want more from uh, people like you're listening to right now. We would appreciate it, and we try and make it worth your while. Cost of a burger and fries can help support your favorite podcast network. Did you know that? Yeah, fuck Disney Plus. It's all a, you've seen the Mandalorian at this point. What do you want to watch? A fucking Willem Dafoe sled dog movie? You got nothing going on. Throw it to patreoncom time. Uh, uh, we thank you guys so very much for that, and I agree with Diana's suggestion of the close of the Hurricane by Bob Dylan. It's a great song, yeah, and it's also great a great. Bob Dylan is a great lyricist, and it's. I think you you're you're better off spending the six minutes listening to the entirety of the Hurricane than you are watching the movie The Hurricane over three hours. It, it will tell you pretty much yeah. the same thing, and, and, and just as evocatively, if not more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you can you can jam out on it's good. So we'll close out with The Hurricane by Bob Dylan. Thank you so much for listening to Thirty Twenty Ten, even though there's no more eighties. Um, we'll figure something out for you, I promise. Including a new theme song. We've got to talk to Hot Dad. Patreon.com slash Hot Dad. One of my favorite musicians in the universe. Check him out on YouTube. So fucking funny. I was on. I was listening to Spotify just normally. And his Mambo Number no. 5 cover came on. Like, this is excellent. This is fucking excellent. How did you make an excellent Mambo Number no. 5 cover? That's it's really good. That's coming up, too. It's really We're good. We're going to be talking about Mambo Number no. 5 pretty soon. Love you, Hot Daddy. Did we? We did. I think we did. Oh, we did. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. remember it from my high school dances. That's a little why. bit of Sarah uh. with no notes. Um, <laughs> 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 All right, close this out, Bobby. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Story of the hurricane, the man the authorities came to blame for something that he never done. Put in a prison cell, but one time he could have been a champion.